If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. C R P E. The realest podcast ever. Realest podcast ever. Two brothers bringing thinking on a second level. Music, sports, fashion, politics, and the streets. The best two hours out of every week. YDN, dinosaurs, and YBODs. Real talk every time. This is what you need. We just out here popping shit. It's your boy C. Diddy and Matt makes me sick. TRPE, TRPE, go. TRPE, TRPE, go. The realest podcast ever. The realest podcast ever. Jim. There it is. Missing it the last couple weeks. You missed it. I never tried. <laughs> I never even attempted. I let that shit go. We are back, man. The realest podcast ever. It's your boy C Diddy. I man makes me sick. This is a milestone today. It only took us eight years. <laughs> to get here. Yeah, you know. Uh we've actually logged a hundred episodes a long time ago. Right. But today is episode one hundred officially yeah. in the books. Uh, I think we hit it like three weeks ago. When, with, as the, far with, as the, the, with the silliness. With the pod yeah. encounter and all that shit and the split episodes and right. Kicks USA and all this shit. Rest in peace, Kicks USA, man. Former Yo, sponsor I didn't even know that that was... Over. I didn't even know that like they sold the joint. I was just one day, I was out Jersey. I was like, what the fuck is this? Because, uh, <laughs> you know, the night, it's like Snipes, 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 whatever. I saw that, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Uh, my thing with the whole Snipes transition is that... Snipes doesn't have any skin in the game as far as the U.S. market goes. Apparently, they're a really big European retailer. That shit means nothing to us. They unfollow me on Twitter. So <laughs> it's unfollow it's them. over. I unfollow them back. Yeah, it's yeah. over. So with that being said. Because get followed me on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck New that was social about. media coordinator yeah. and the whole shit. So my whole thing is, why change something that works already? And the name, you mean? Yeah, the name. When they sold it, did they buy the name? Yeah, they bought the name. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of stupid. It's just kind of dumb. Like, yeah. it already works here. Like, how many other uh, businesses does, like, Pepsi own? Taco Bell, pizza, like, everything is remember, not like, uh, it ain't like Pepsi pizza, Pepsi tacos. It's just like. It, remember when Ma- uh, Ari was acquiring, what was. Uh, William Morris? No, nah, on, uh, on, on, on Entourage. Yeah. What was the girl, Sloan? What was her dad's name? Uh, Terrence. Remember he was acquiring a company yeah. and he wanted to change the name. He's like, no, this name been around for hundred. You don't change that. Nari like, nah, that shit is. But yeah, some stuff you're not supposed to mess with. I mean, the Kicks USA brand it had, you know, they had brand equity out here. They did a lot of stuff in the community on top of selling shoes and all of that shit. Yeah. And they put young black guys in position to be, you know, be bosses and be in charge and dictate stuff and have real marketing jobs and not like door-to-door sales jobs right. and shit like that. So it was just weird to see it change, but shout out to Snipes, I guess. But yeah. uh, Former sponsor. For, there'll, former, be, there'll be more. For sure. We got a sponsor today. We do. Yeah, I'll get into that a little bit later, but we got a sponsor today. Um, we got a special guest in the building, man. Yeah, Long-time man. listener, supporter of the show. Uh Really good friend of mine, good friend of Matt's, man. And uh, introduce yourself, sir. Uh, my name is, uh, everybody calls me Duke, but <laughs> my real <laughs> name is Kev. Uh, everybody's favorite lawyer in Philadelphia. 
formerly known as the Gangster Lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that was back in the, uh, what was the name of the podcast y'all had back in the day? Oh, The Mark. The Mark. The that Mark was back days, in the morning. Yeah, gangster, gangster Lawyer. lawyer. <laughs> Everybody's like, Trapper turned rapper. It's Trapper turned lawyer. Right. I was about to say, is there a podcast? I don't know. Like, I didn't know there was another joint going on outside of this. I was yeah, no, there, were, there was a, 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 a an internet show. radio show that predates oh, this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, shout, shout out uh, Keita D, wherever she is in the Inter- world. Internet radio shows were it for a little oh, second. Oh, everybody had one. It's like podcasts now. Exactly. Somebody asked me yesterday, well, yo, what, what should I do to start a podcast? I'm like, just cut the mic off. <laughs> like, they're everywhere now at this point. No one's putting forth any effort. Fuck no. Right, is so, there any so, record of the mark still around? Like, That's a good question. That's the And that's the problem with internet radio. It doesn't live anywhere. Because like, we was horrible back like, then. The, it, <laughs> the, the, the content doesn't live anywhere. Like We probably did a cool 55 shows. There's no trace of it on the whole internet. That might the, be for the best. The station... <laughs> The station, the two stations folded. Like we, we. This how bad you think podcasting is bad. We recorded on three different stations in one month doing internet radio. At one point, it was like some random back block John down in Old City. It was another random back block John in, in Kensington. And then like I don't even remember where the last stop was. I think we was like on location somewhere. I don't even know how the fuck we ended up getting that going. Following up on this thing you said about Snipes, that's just crazy. How like that industry just literally lived for like three years. Like they had internet radio was like wildfire and then it's Apple, over. Apple killed it yep. like that. Oh well, yeah, Apple killed a lot of shit. <laughs> Between a- Apple and Amazon, it's like, yo, when we tell the story in like 50 years, I'm like, how many corporations did Apple, Amazon and Walmart trample? And Amazon's in position to possibly trample Walmart in a minute, which, Bruh, so which let's, is so crazy. Let me tell you how ridiculous Amazon is, right? So you know the whole, y'all don't even know the whole Kobe Bryant newspaper shit I've been on? Yeah, 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 I'm right. watching. So I got shits from like all over and I, the magazine started dropping, like the commemorative ma- magazines. So I got... Sports Illustrated, ESPN, Forever Mamba. I got the Kobe, the actual Kobe magazine. I got Newsweek, Time. I got them all. L.A. Times drops a commemorative magazine, like the actual L.A. Times news, you know, the paper. So I go on latimes.com, the pre-order. It comes out on February 7th. I'm like, bet. Pre-order, boom, 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 shipping, boom, pay. That shit was like, allow one to three weeks for delivery. I'm like... Damn, all right, cool. You know, whatever. At least I got on a pre-order. I went on Amazon.com. The magazine is on there. That shit said free two-day shipping. I'm like, how the fuck does Amazon get you the L.A. Times before the LA, L.A. Times does? Craziest shit on earth, dog. Logistics. The Amazon can't be beat at this point, yo. This shit is wild. Yeah, I'm still waiting for the magazine. This shit is still not there. Yeah, Amazon, man, is... Uh... It's a testament to a free economy and the fact that, like, the world has changed so much over the last 50, 60 years. This is literally, we talked about this before on the show, this is literally the Apple and Amazon are, like, the pictures, like, Teddy Roosevelt would have had them on his wall. Like, public enemy 1A and 1B. Like That and Google. These I mean, motherfuckers got a gut. Yeah. Listen, I was, I was geeking the other day. I put it on Facebook. My kids never gonna know what tokens are. Like, like we used to stand in line at Central getting school tokens. Like, they're not gonna know. know what a token is. Like, it, the, the world is just moving so quick. It's crazy. Like, even with me practicing law, I don't even use. Pa- I'm a lawyer that don't touch paper. Like, if you bring paper in my office, I'd be like, I'd be like, don't bring paper in my. Y'all office. Y'all are like the last ones still using paper. Y'all are like medical. 
yeah, you still, yeah, like you that. still gotta use it like when you go to court and everything like that. But if 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 I had my choice, like everything I got is on an iPad or on a laptop. Yo, it's crazy. Like I go to my doctor's office and it's literally like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna give you a prescription for a boom, 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 and I'm standing there waiting. Like, where is it at? He like, yeah, go to right there. This shit is there. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. all right, yeah, that shit is just going now. It's a lot of things a kid is just not gonna know of and, and fully they don't understand. teach cursive in school anymore uh, really it's done like my, it's over my homie daughter he was telling her that he ain't uh like you know he was like you couldn't be on the phone and be on the internet at the same time and we didn't have like wi-fi and stuff like that she just looked at him like were y'all poor like <laughs> no like, nah, this like, was earth like like what type like mommy grew up poor she didn't have wi-fi like like she, like no we was watching a home video one day and my uh Stepbrother, is it stepbrother? Step, I guess, I, whatever he is. Stepbrother's son, he young. He like 15. But we was watching it, and in the background of the video, I was on a computer in the dining room logging into the internet. And you know that shit was like, <laughs> and he was like, what the hell is that noise? And I'm like, it's crazy, because you really don't even hear that no more. Like really, you know, logging in to dial up internet. But it's a, I was literally at a school the other day, and all the kids got laptops. Like it's a laptop on every desk. The, 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 the chalkboard ain't a chalkboard no more. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a, a chalkboard. Yeah. And like you be having a conversation and writing stuff down and then literally be like, all right, so I'm gonna turn this into a computer now and then yeah. <laughs> show the video of what you wanna watch yeah. on the same thing you just got done writing. And down. I feel like a lot of that stuff in it in ways it, it kinda hurts. Like I was saying it the other day yesterday when I was doing those questions. I didn't know that it was cause you know I don't got a kid, but it's like it's really parents that just give their kids the iPad. Oh yeah. Just oh, give yeah. them the iPad yeah. and get away from me. And then you go over people's houses and you see their four year old. You're like, "What's going on?" And they like, because <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't interact with. No, what's what's like, the get the, the bid? They be like, it be little kids running around that watch Peppa Pig. They from like Alabama, but they got British accents. Like, <laughs> like little kids talk. Like, <laughs> like, like my daughter be speaking. I be looking at her. I be like, "Where did you learn how to say these yo. things?" Like, it's because you watch. She speak with like the, the the Korean kid that's like super rich. She like talks like that kid, and I be like, "Stop it!" Like, right. like talk like a nigga. Like, like stop <laughs> this shit. <laughs> like. Th- like she'd be like, "Wow!" And I'd be like, "Yo, everything ain't YouTube, yo." Right, right. This That's is real crazy. life. Oh man. So uh, we want to get into your story. <laughs> everything with you. You didn't bring the nunchucks. I was hoping you brought them. Because <laughs> I'm really nice with nunchucks. Like people don't know that. You know what I'm saying? I'm really in like town. Like a little known mat fact. No, I'm really, really like. What it was was we had a, a bus driver when I was young. I used to catch the cheese because I was in private school. Nigga inspired your entire life. No, nunchucks bus driving. Like one day I'm gonna make 11:35 an hour. <laughs> if yeah. if only I could be like Mr. Chuck. Our, our bus driver. He got a good job. Bus- <laughs> <laughs> Though I remember when I was younger, they used to be like, you know, he make twenty dollars an hour. Yeah. Your parents be like, who? That was yeah. like, that was like that was You make ten dollars an hour back in the day. You had a good ass job. Everybody, mom, M- you make twenty dollars. Mr. Davis was our bus driver, right? Mr. Davis, and he was a psycho because he he was he had American flags like all over the front of the bus and shit where he sat, and he he always talked about how much he loved America. Like he just, I love America. I'm never leaving America. I'm never going nowhere for vacation outside of America. And he only bought things that were made in America. So he only had like nunchucks. <laughs> like he didn't really own much, but he always had just mad nunchucks on the bus. And he used to give us them jokes. And we used to like, you know, we just started fucking with them. 
first. And I became good with them jokes. So taught on the I'm just real. thinking about <laughs> I'm yeah. thinking about the transition from fat Matt to skinny Matt and him Yo. using the nunchucks in those two different situations. Yo. Like I just show a video of him doing nunchucks Yo, until he gets I, skinny. Yeah. Like, this, like, <laughs> Yo, real shit. like like the pale shedding away. I'm, I'm actually super nice with nunchucks. It's the craziest fucking thing uh, on earth. Uh, that's that that could be the next fucking like Instagram uh, hustle like like the magic you know they got the nunchuck waist oh, yeah. the waist nunchuck, trainer nun, the yeah. nunchuck like like nunchuck workout herbichucks just show Matt like I lost 300 pounds working my arms show you Yo. like taking breaks at the bus just so fucking I'm, I'm really nunchuck. really nice with none I can't fuck with none of the other shit but nunchucks I'm actually alright with holy shit yeah little known fact alright so let's get into your story oh, uh, man. where are you from how'd you grow up like the background. the background, so like start from the beginning. Uh, so I'm from West, so I'm from 58th Street. My mom and pop lived around the corner from each other. And uh, my mom, my, my pop was from, a, he was a Navy uh, vet, so he came out of the Navy. Um, and my mom, she actually comes from a family that's like really got it going on. Like my aunt, her sister, is uh, appointed by the governor of California to be the chairman of the, of the California Arts Council. So she literally, every dollar in California that's spent on art, and I'm talking about everything, comes through her council. Like, so she's like up there. Her husband is Delroy Lindo, the pop from Crooklyn. Really? Like, yeah, so like he was there when I was born. So I got like a side of the family that like I wasn't aware. I was aware of it, but you just don't realize it. Like LeBron day. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I got a uh, I got an aunt that used to live around Lincoln Drive, but I'm from West. So I used to be like, damn, we're going to New Jersey. <laughs> like, but I, I didn't know. Like they, they, they had bread and everything like that, but you know, just the sad part, I was talking about this with my homie the other day, like, the sad part is, like, my pop graduated, went all around the world, ended up smoking coke. My mom, smartest woman in the world, ended up smoking coke. And in the effort to kind of, like, you know, everybody in their face all the time, like, what y'all gonna do with them kids? You shouldn't be dealing with him. Like, the family's kind of warring. They kind of just, like, cut us off from mm -hmm. the rest of the family. And that led to, you know, that's a typical black story, like, my mom was, my pop, my, the story goes, my grandma smacked my pop so hard one day he stopped smoking coke. Like, <laughs> like, and this is a joke, but like, he literally became a single pop right. and rocked out me and my three brothers and sisters. So from there, like, most of my life, I was just a straight, straight shooter. Um, then my grandma died and I moved over Southwest, 72nd and Pasco, right down the street from Pasco Projects. Mm -hmm. And that's when shit got real crazy. Like, it was wild over there. And like, that's when I really started realizing what was going on in the hood, people selling drugs. Like, it just became a, a immediately apparent to me. I remember my, my pop smoked weed his whole life. And we used to laugh. I didn't realize weed was a, a legal drug until AI got locked up with it. I was like, wait a minute. Marijuana is illegal. My dad, right. my dad smokes weed. Like, like, and I was like, that was like devastating. Yeah. I, I didn't understand the concept. Yeah, when I was, I was kinda... growing up, my grandmother, my mom's mom, used to keep like a little, uh, like a volcano of like uh, crushed up weed on top of her dresser. Like, and it will always be there. And being mischievous kids, you get about 13, 14, you start pinching that little yeah. volcano off. My shit was even crazier. My pop caught me smoking and literally looked me dead in the face and said, "Look." It's, we had a next door neighbor that got slipped a Mickey smoking weed. And my pop was like, look, if you're going to smoke, you smoke with me. Because I ain't having this shit. So I, like my, even my, my love of music, like I used to sit in ciphers with my pop and them listening to old school Wu-Tang. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'll die on the hill and be like, you know, old dirty bastard, one of the most underrated rappers of all time. <laughs> like, so that's how my, that's how I first got into it. Then I got into Central. And when I got into Central, I was like, damn, 
I made it. It was like I got into college. Right. Then I got kicked out of Central. I got kicked out of Central my senior year on some goofy shit. Uh, everybody got locked up for selling drugs. <laughs> like a little drug ring got wiped yeah. out. And I started hustling. Like I felt like I tell people all the time I had a temper tantrum. I found out. So my mom had HIV and nobody knew that I knew. My dad was crying one day talking to his mom on the phone and I was supposed to be asleep. So I overheard it, and I just remember my, my grandmom asking my pop, well, do you have it? He said, no, I'm okay, but what am I going to tell the kids? And she's like, they don't need to know that. And I, I knew my mom had HIV from, like, the age of, like, 11. And then the day, that my, the day before my mom died, I called my, uh, my aunt, her sister, and was like, yo, mom's going to die. And she's like, do you overreacting? She always saying some crazy shit to get some money. <laughs> and I'm like, no, like seriously, like she's in hospice, she's going to die. And she's like, well, it, it, that don't make no sense. She's 49 years old. Like, how is she so sick? I said, I know, no, I'm going to tell you something that don't nobody know. I know she's HIV positive. And he would she, my aunt just like lost it. All this stuff in the family that had worked out, like it all started making sense. Like I had a grandfather that refused to move to California with, a, with his rich family to chase after his crackhead daughter. And it was like, my grandma, my aunt could never figure out why he didn't leave. And he yeah. like ended up, you know, passing away in Philly. And it was like because he knew his daughter had HIV. So for years, I was on that, like, I ain't selling no coke. I ain't selling, like, I'll smoke weed, I'll sell weed, but I ain't selling no coke because that's what my mom was on. My mom started getting really, really sick. And I was like, man, fuck this shit. Everybody else getting rich selling this shit. I'm about to start selling it too. It too. Right. I got fired from my job at McDonald's. I was a manager at 16 and got fired. And that was just a crazy, that, that, that yeah, really, pretty much McDonald's is whoever shows up every day. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, what was crazy was, and this is how I first got on the business. We, I worked at a corporate store that was owned by a corporate. Asian Bull came in and bought it and built a new one and opened one at the airport. So he bought into the franchise right there on 60th and Woodland. He fired everybody and then rehired everybody and weeded people out. So, like, he came and worked at the at the old store for, like, three weeks and was like, I don't like him. I don't like him. Fuck you. You're fired. And then he looked at me. I'm in there doing it all crazy. Going in. You going in. He's like, you're a manager now. And I'm like, I'm, I'm 16. He's like, you're a manager. I was like, all right, well, these apple pies ain't going to eat themselves. <laughs> <laughs> like, these apple pies ain't going to eat themselves. And then I hired my, like, this is the craziest thing. I was my pop's boss when I was in high school. My pop was a regular employee he worked overnight doing maintenance but he was a regular employee the overnight yeah. maintenance dude got paid like 18 dollars an hour he, he made more money than me but you but, were his boss. but i was technically his boss i used to schedule him give him good shit like that like shit was crazy and it was like i used to like it was crazy because sometimes he'd be late and i was still <laughs> under 18 so i couldn't work but so many hours a week i would log out like lock uh clock out as myself and clock in as him yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. be there early. So we was just like, and then the fucking Asian bull found out, fired both of us. <laughs> <laughs> and then so I go to college, but I was already selling dope. So um, where did you go for your senior year, high school? I went I went to Bartram. Okay. Yeah, Which one? To, uh, Maine. Oh, okay. Yeah, so niggas don't know that because I ain't start there until like December. Like literally, that they told me they told me to leave Central. And I just went home, like, 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 motherfuckers be knocking on the door to mailman. I'm taking the mail from the mailman and shit. Like, you know, when you real comfortable, I'm, I'm watching the stories with my fucking family and shit. Like, oh, shit. Yo, I, listen, <laughs> you made me think about it. Cause I went to private school my first six years, and in seventh grade, start of seventh grade, my mom was like, I'm pulling y'all out of Spruce Hill. That's where we went, Christian Academy on on, on uh, Baltimore Ave. And she was like, You're going to Pepper, and your sister, y'all are going to Penrose. So I was like. 
okay, cool. You know, and in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to school, like, same way I went to Spruce Hill. Like, this shit is small network of teachers and classes, and you got a real curriculum. Then you walked in, you saw niggas swinging from the ceiling. I came home, I'm like, are we fucked up? Like, are we going through something? Like, what the fuck is that? That shit was crazy, yo. At Bartram, we used to walk in that joint, there'd be a fight before the fucking bell rung. Like, it's 8 a.m., chicks fighting in the fucking middle of the street. I'm like, yo, what is y'all, they mom pulling up. And I seen some, like, my man shot the principal. Like, like I, I wasn't going there when that happened. Uh, that Mr. Was, Smith? Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was my man. <laughs> I remember when my that, man popped him. I was like, what did you, like, Mr. he came home from jail. I'm like, why you shoot the principal? Uh, he got in the way. I didn't mean it. Like, yo, I didn't mean He was cool. My mom taught at Patterson. He was cool with my mom. I remember when he got shot and shit. That's funny as all hell, yeah. So, crazy. So but, I, I got into the streets super crazy. And um, right there on 58th and Alter, Little block Cecil Street. It's funny because when I ended up becoming a lawyer, I ended up working at the DA's office. The cops used to be like, well, you, you ain't so fucking tough. Where are you from? And I'm like, 800. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. The block of Cecil Street. They be like, oh, no, you a rough ass nigga. Like, <laughs> they like, they, we like, we be in roll call. They be like, what's y'all first stop? 800 block of C. We used to shoot the lights out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we used to get BB guns and shoot the yeah. lights out so the cops couldn't do surveillance. Like, so I started selling coke. And um, I always just been naturally smart. Like, it's something that, like... I show up. I showed up to the PS. I showed up to the SATs high. Like still killed them. Like always been real good with standardized tests. I got accepted to master. Remember when I was like in fourth grade, my pop was like, "No, nah, that's too far." I ended up going to Bieber, and my pop had this thing where he said he never wanted me to go to school with my friends because he thought it would get me in trouble. But that shit actually worked in reverse because now he just made my network that much bigger. Right. Because so you like, still got your friends, but I, now you going and corrupting I'm everybody on the north else. Side, I'm on the north side <laughs> right. of fucking Market Street with all them terrorists from Lansdowne and all them niggas. Like, I graduated from Beeb in 99, and that was like when Hilltop and fucking Winfield was like going at each other, something crazy. And then like, it's crazy because I think about this on social media. The Lansdowne Avenue niggas had one of the best runs in the city, but it was before social media. Right. So people don't really remember that, but like those all the dudes I went to school with. So when they start falling and getting shot and getting killed, I was like hurt because that was my like that was people that I was tight with. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like you see the remnants of it left, and people be wondering, like, well, where what you call it come from? Like motherfuckers like, how you know Reefy? And I'm like, dog, we that that's that's West. Like right. we I went to B. Like me and Tashi, me, Tashi Carr, like we all went to B. Tashi ended up going down Mount uh Mount Zion to go play ball. They they took him out out of uni yeah. and sent him to uh sent him to North Carolina to play before he went to Iowa State. But me, I was on the block. Like, I'll never forget, like, my friend's parents, he's like, when is that nigga going back to school? Like, <laughs> and um, I got... You said, when you said Reefy, you talking about Reefy Smalls? 
Yeah. Yeah, shout out Reefy. I was coming out of the car show the other day. All I heard was, fuck out of here, map them nut ass sneaks. And, <laughs> and the nigga was like running through traffic. I looked up and Yo, it was Reefy. And shit. He's what, like, when you talk about a Philly nigga, like that yeah. is orange brand. Like that is a Philly yes. nigga. Like he crack- looks like Uzi, but acts like Meek and talks like Beans. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy as all hell. Because I turn around, I'm like, who is this nigga with a purse talking crazy to me? But it was fucking Reefy. Oh, I love Reefy, man. Yeah, shout out Reefy. But, duh, so, I mean, I got I got arrested for the first time a month after I fucking started college. I had never been arrested. Yeah. I'm talking about I had ran. I was a look like I was just because I do karate. I've been doing karate my whole life. So people used to geek off me. Like there was a story like one time I was getting chased by the cops and I walked up the cop car. Like the cop tried to cut me off. Like, I was running down the pavement. The cop tried to cut me off and like pulled up on the pavement and I slid across the hood and ran across that motherfucker. And motherfuckers was like, yo, this nigga really a ninja. Like go get you suckers. In high school, they'd be like, this is a dirty ninja. Like that's like 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 they they'd be like, because my nickname Duke, everybody like Duke karate. Like that's this fucking name. Like, and then I ended up getting arrested seven times total in the four years that I was fucking a dickhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I always joke, it never was my fault. Like I always got locked up. It was never my fault. <laughs> right. like, it was always because I had a rule. I don't make hand to hands on the street. I was a complete cell phone bull way before. Like, I called my customers clients. I was the nicest dude in the world. We had houses that we had that we ran. Like, I had old heads. I had old heads that used to do shit like he'll give a pack to a, a, a crackhead or a, a person and, and, uh, and they got to bring, you know, give them a bean, tell them they got to bring back 80. And that's, they, that's for Friday night so he can go out. And, and do what he do. Right. So he can go to the club and still be making money. Then we wake up the next morning, drive by, she give him seventy dollars. He's like, "That's why I can't fuck with you. I'm, but, but, but you cut off. I ain't fucking with you." And I'm looking at this nigga like he throwing away hundreds of dollars over, over ten dollars. Like you throw the snap, you snap mm-hmm. on them to get the impact, but like you don't stop giving them work because yeah. over ten dollars like nigga you throwing the baby out with the bath water and i was like that i was a street diplomat like i was like people be bragging i was a shooter when i was in the streets no if a nigga told me i couldn't sell drugs on his corner unless i had his drugs i'd buy his drugs i bought more drugs from more people in west philly niggas be like hey can't nobody out here hustle but duke and i'd be like yep <laughs> yeah, that's they, right. They like that's my like I was the Joeest fucking drug dealer in the world. Everybody was my connect because it was like you can't make no like you can't make no money with niggas hanging you off the fucking side of a roof like like these niggas pulling up listening to Styles P with a Pepsi filled with fucking Zannies and you want to argue with them you want to argue like I'm not arguing with you so my that was my style like my style was I was the most diplomatic bull in the hood I could calm anything any beef down I could calm it down any nigga that's out here wilding like oh I'm about to go kill all these niggas where's the psychological sense in that and then like literally talk niggas down and my goofy ass I got a soft spot for my little brothers my little brother when I got shot it was all over my little brother some boys punched my little brother I rocked him nigga lit my ass up like a Christmas tree shot me five times and uh that pretty much like lit the mortality fire for me where it's like, damn, my mom, my mom is dying. <clears throat> my pop got cancer. Don't nobody know, but me and my goofy ass through my, cause I like from the, the narcissistic side of me is like, like the non humbles. Like I'm the chosen one. Like I'm the one that's going to take us out of the hood. Like, well, before that it was, well, I had homies, mm-hmm. I had homies that I thought was going to get rich, but it didn't work out. But like the narcissist in me was like, I'm the one that's going to do this. And when I got shot, I'm like, nigga, you are not the one that are going to do it. I'm going to die on the fucking street. On the street, bleeding. Like literally, like I got hit 
the boy that shot me stood over top of me. The reason my, like, you looking at my hand, my left hand, that that's me blocking my face. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, niggas stood over top of me, emptied the clip. And I'm like, damn, dog, what I do to you? Like, like I ain't even hit you, I hit your man. But, like, so after that, I went back up to school, kept hustling, but just completely divorced the street side of hustling, like the right. standing on corners, the talking shit, the, you know, the macho side. Now you like it. network hustling. Network hustling. Got rid of all of that. And then um, I had one last open case, and I beat that John on a motion to suppress. And as soon as I beat that John, I filed to get my uh, my criminal history expunged. So I ain't had no criminal history. And I was like... Mr. Harden is going to law school. Like, like, and I applied to law school. Killed the LSAT. Like, no problem. It was a piece of cake. My my GPA wasn't that high, but that's because it's hard to keep a it's hard to take a test when you're in jail. Like I was yeah. I, I had I took like I'm one of those dudes, I took statistics and got like a hundred, a hundred, a hundred. Organic chemistry, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred on the exams. And then we'd get booked and be in jail for three weeks <laughs> and just take like four zeros right, on like yeah. the, like get a zero on the final. Like you a dickhead, real life dickhead. And then um, I got into law school, and I was hooded out in law school. I was telling people the other day, I used to walk around in law school, pants hanging off my ass, basketball jerseys. Like, that was, like, the real weird years. That was I got into law school in 08. So that's right when, like, Giuseppe's dropped. Like, it was the most horrible time. <laughs> in Leather jockeys. Yeah, like, it was the most horrible time in American fashion. Like, and I'm running around in the law school in fucking, like, polo shirts with the, the horse the size of a fucking... <laughs> the Young Dro edition. The, the composition yeah. book. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm coming to school with Prada glasses on. That's right before Prada boots died. Like, that's so I'm in there with the patent... I had every color patent leather Prada boot in the law school. Motherfuckers looking at me like, who the fuck who is this nigga? let this nigga in here? One of the, one of the, uh, at the time, this is the importance of having black teachers, man. We had more black law professors at Temple than you could have, like, it was like, it was semesters where I took eight classes, all, all black law professors. That's amazing. And, um, they put me with a judge that was going to be my mentor. And I don't think I, after I worked for him, he hooked me up. I got a job after that. And literally that's how all the crazy shit started. Wearing suits every day, like having three jobs. I had three jobs in law school. My pop passed away while I was in law school. So then I had. My brothers move in with me. One of them was at the University of Toledo. The other one was in high school. So it's me, the head of my family, my two little brothers. My sister had already moved to Virginia. And that was like the start of it all. And the shit was nuts. I'm talking about like when I look back on the shit that, you know, going to the supermarket and buying like a big pack of hot dogs so I could feed my brothers and sisters while I was in law school. But the, the love was crazy. Like we was talking about your man, mm -hmm. Rod, like that whole, that whole black educated community, they take care of each other. People that like knew me when I was a dope dealer, when I was the one that was be able, able to buy the drinks for everybody and go out and pay for everybody to get in the club. Motherfuckers really bought into what I was getting into. And it was crazy. Like my homies, when I was growing up, like, they the ones that told me to go be a prosecutor because mm -hmm. they was like Nino Teneri, uh, Brian McMonagall, all the, all the lawyers we hire started off as prosecutors. So you go be a prosecutor so we can hire you and tell everybody that you know the way prosecutors do it. So people think like I got to law school and all of a sudden I became like, you know, I'm going to go and snitch on all these niggas. No, my old head that beat two homicides said, you going to be a DA. Like he's like, right. you going to be a DA so that all these niggas can, because niggas going to hire you when they know you used to be a DA. Because I went, I was a public defender for one summer and my man was like you a fucking fake lawyer and I'm like yo that's not that's not cool <laughs> like that's not that's not the truth public defenders is nice he was like no man you gotta be a DA man I went to the DA's office 
niggas was calling me all types of snitches and rats and all types. I'm, like, I'm gonna prosecute rape cases. Like, 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 I'm in the sex like, 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 dog, you imagine being in a club when Jeezy say, fuck the DA, the district attorney, and the prosecutor. And, and I'm like, this is about a bitch. Like, my feelings used to be hurt. Like, then, but the other thing was, you really start feeling weird. He's like, I got court tomorrow. I'm Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Be like, I'll be rapping that shit. I don't like, need you. I don't need go. Like, niggas like, you gonna fucking go. I'm like, yeah, because I'm a fucking DA. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, so, I, uh... I like finished law school, started working at the DA's office, did that for four years, then went and did corporate no, law. No, wait, wait, wait. You graduated law school in? 10. 2010. Yeah, this is my 10th year practicing. Okay, so you get out of law school, then you just become a DA? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's just you just show yep. up, or do you? So Seth, the crazy Because it just sounds so easy. No, this, you take the bar. So I took the bar, smoked that, took two bars, smoked both of them. Uh, so where are you barred at? Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Okay. Well, actually, I'm not. I was, took New Jersey, passed it, but they background check is crazy. So if you're a lawyer, it don't matter if you got your shit expunged or not. They want to know everything you ever did. So it's basically like uh, the it's like a government of, job, yeah, like, like so a securities job. They like, have yeah. you ever been arrested? And they look at you, and you like, I could. This is how crazy my background check was. Since my shit was expunged. I couldn't find my own criminal history. Like, I couldn't find it anywhere. Remember I talked to you about that a little while ago? Yeah. They had the shit overseas. Them motherfuckers legit, like, they want to know if you defaulted on a loan. If you, like, no, that shit is That's, like, yeah, they it's look 132 it. pages. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, like, they, and they deny and you got you got my sisters, your dad, your mom, all that shit. They want to know if you can like, be, if somebody can put their thumb on you and, real and, talk. and, and, like if and you, like, leverage you. Right. He, he was explaining to me one of his homies, his pop had killed somebody when he was two, and he down. Like, he got life, but yeah. he was two. They had him coming in again to go to Fed Bill and interview for that. Yeah, what you got? Would you would you apologize to the to the family? And then, like, think I was two. I was two. What the fuck? Like, I don't know, man. Like, hey, listen, that shit is real. Like, that's hey. how crazy they get with that background check. That background check was crazy. So I got denied. I passed both bars. Got denied both places. They was like, Nah, you a nigga? No. Like, 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 look at your criminal history. <clears throat> I went through it in Pennsylvania. And that was like a crazy appellate process. Like everybody else found out they passed the bar in November. I didn't get licensed until December because I had to do that whole appeal. Yeah. Jersey was like, we need you to drive up to Newark. I was like, uh, I don't even own a car. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, I don't even own a car. I'm not going through it again. And I'm, I'm about to be barred in Jersey anyway because now since I've been practicing for 10 years, I got a record. Like, I, got, right. I got a rap sheet that I can be like, look. Like the fucking the fucking governor is appointing yeah. me and stuff like like yeah. like I'm I'm, the, I'm on the board or like like I'm your I'm like it's crazy because like nowadays the people that was like re researching shit and like looking into me to make sure I was a good lawyer like I'm like I'm their boss now like I, yeah. I, I sit on boards and I'll be like they right. come in and they're like how you doing Kevin I'll be like remember you used to give me a hard ass time motherfucker like now I'm your boss like and, and, and I don't take it out on them I, yeah. I mean they just did but what it, they had to do but just your story. And the way that it's gone is a testament that, you know, one of the mantras I live by life is that whatever is for you will always be yours. And that ultimately, you got where you were going anyway, and people tried to step on you and oh, yeah. make you go around and Man, take they, the long way, I, this and that, I, and now you're in charge of these When people. I started the DA's office, they leaked my arrest records and mugshots hmm? to the newspaper. I remember that. The other DAs that I worked with, like, they, they were so mad that I was working there that they leaked my mugshots and my arrest record 
to the press and they wrote an article and the motherfuckers was hating on me so bad but they knew, they knew I was sh I was sharp the fucking article the person that's hating on me is like I don't like that he works here so what he's a superstar in the courtroom I had been there for three months and they was already like the, the people that had been there for 20 years was already describing me as a superstar right. but they was like like and they literally, I'm talking about when I say they was following me around, they knocked on my house door. Like when we was talking, we all talk about that Gail King thing and everything with the media. Like the media knocked on my house door. Like they called my cell phone. Nobody gave them my cell phone number. Right. And that's why I be geeking because everybody be like, oh the media this, the media that. You know why are you against the press? Like yo, the press don't be giving a fuck. Like yeah, I nothing. say all the time, fuck media. I, yeah, I like you can, you, well y'all podcast host, so y'all media too. So fuck us. <laughs> He's like fuck me. No, 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 no. I mean like people who actually go to put like that, putting out yeah. news and shit Dog, like that. You read how many articles have you read where it's like the family, the person died after getting shot by a police officer, or the person died after a triple murder, and they'd be like. Uh, calls to the family went un unresponded to. What the fuck are you calling the family for? Duh. Like, that's so trifling. I just hate when shit gets printed and then the retraction comes out and it's on page 19 of the oh. food part of the fucking Meanwhile, paper. the case was yeah, on the front yeah, page. Like, oh, yeah. Just oh, shit yeah. like that. What's well, the famous boy that got indicted and he won his case and he said, where do I go? He asked the media. He's like, do you have anything to say? He says, where do I go to get my reputation back? And what happened was is so many people had invested in me. Like, my old head, one of my mentors, he a judge, he said to me, he's like, yo, when that shit happened at Mad Max, <laughs> he was like, yo, to be honest with you, everybody knew you was going to have a slip. We actually surprised it took this long. I do remember the Mad Max shit. Like, everybody was like, we thought we knew you were going to slip. It was impossible because everybody was fucking with you so much. Yeah. They was like, you got your coworkers calling you a fucking, because uh, I, I did an interview with CNN. And the CNN interview, I was on Anderson Cooper 360. This before I went to, I was in law school before I started the DA's office. And they wanted victims, of, like they wanted to get the snitching versus no snitching perspective. And my barber called me. I wasn't even scheduled to get a cut. Like my barber's like, yo, you want a free cut? I'm like, for what? He's like, they got CNN is in the barber shop and they want to do an interview. They try to do pros and cons. I was like, all right, I'll come in and talk about it. And they was like, we want you to argue the other side. And I'm like, all right, like I'll argue why I didn't, you know, snitch when I yeah. got shot. Like, that's not how I felt, but I was getting a free fucking cut, $30, and I didn't have to sit in that <laughs> yeah, motherfucking wait. Yeah. Like, and I was like, I was like, I ain't get, like, and literally, they literally put that interview in the newspaper, like, he's anti-snitching. I'm like, I'm pro-black man. Y'all cops can't say, like, I'm, I, black men know that if they in some beef in the streets. Y'all are not going to protect me. Y'all are not going to protect me. You're you, you going to put me up in a hotel room. For, and I've been on the other side. I've been a DA. They're going to put you up in a hotel room for two days and tell you you can't reach out to nobody. So you're like, damn, this is prison. I'm in a hotel room and can't get no pussy. You know how often I'm in a hotel room without pussy? Like, this is <laughs> this is crazy to me. Right. So, like, when you when you, when you when you inside of it and, like, I listen, I loved being a DA. I was a nigga that, like, I, was, I tried to be as fair as possible. Like, it was defense lawyers that would let me talk to their clients like you understand this young boy once you talk to him you're gonna realize he not he not who, who they saying he is i talked to him i'd be like man one time i'll never forget this young boy was in lockup he was like 22 i read his pre-sentence investigation i didn't even prosecute him they just asked me to do the sentencing and he was gonna get a two to four and i'm like a two to four he ain't even like he never had no career they offered him probation he just rejected it because he wasn't feeling it right he said he ain't do it so i'm talking to him I'm like yo I read in your John, like, I read your pre-sentence investigation. Tell me, like, how fucked up you are, like, in jail right now. He's like, man, look. And this is what I read, but I wanted to hear if he, like, if he, if he like, had thought about it. And he's yeah. like, look, both my, my, my parents, I ain't never known them. Both my grandparents uh, died since I've been locked up. I don't even know if there's a house for me to go home to, like. 
And this dude had already been convicted, and the file that I had said, make sure he gets the mandatory minimum. And I looked. I looked around. I was like, anybody in the room? I was like, Judge, he can go home today. Like, like that's the power that I had. Like, yeah. and I'm not like one of those power hungry freaks, but like on that side, you got that opportunity to be like, look, this shit is great. No, talking about Kobe, I've exonerated athletes accused of rape. Like, I've been the person that investigated the case and said, this didn't happen the way you say it did. Right. Like, and or had people just say like, like and love you, like didn't feel no animosity toward this young lady at all. Where she just pretty much said like, look. I didn't want to have sex with him that night, but I did. And now I was embarrassed and I'm scared and now I don't want to pull it back. And I'm looking at it like, yo, I understand. Like it's 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 it it's a lot of gray area when it comes to like consent. Aut- well, not just consent, but autonomy. Like men okay. men are taught that no, like we're taught no means no. What the fuck is that? Like I got a, a fr- like, can you imagine a motherfucker saying like, I went in your pocket and took your wallet and you ain't say no, therefore you consented to me taking your wallet. No motherfucker, everything else is yes means yes. Why? That's just patriarchal for it to be no means no. Like the idea that you could, the, a woman's entire like, like dignity, you, she has to stand up for it or else it's mine. Like yeah. that's just remnants of men being like the people that write laws. But that's so right. I understand that like, you know, the law don't always apply. So when I say like, oh, you know, you know, oh, you know, a lot of people jump to the bitch is lying. Like, no, the woman isn't lying. Like, she's not lying. There is a there is a gray area for there to be a misunderstanding about how a young woman can be affirmatively against having sex with someone and the law doesn't apply. You know, it's today. crazy you brought that up because I was reading an article the other day where um yeah, you can ask more hands. Uh, <laughs> I was reading an article the other day where the chick was saying how She's been in situations where she doesn't feel like she was raped, right? Yeah. But she feels as though she was going to be, so she had sex and consented. So she consented to avoid... To avoid what she thought because the guy was so aggressive and whatever, whatever. And I'm like, that's a wild... Because you got to remember, at the end of the day, we're we're men. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, what... 200 maybe 180 yeah, two, like we're we're you 200 225 I'm 300 we guys and I, I'm a bigger guy so I naturally the thought of somebody like ripping off my pants is crazy as shit to me like and it, you really have to put yourself in that <laughs> no, position so listen, what as time? like small you know women like you a woman and you out muscled out strength and yeah. it's like damn like to where you just like all right whatever cool that's wild as shit. Well, this is this is crazy because this is literally like you you in Atlantic City. You go over Atlantic City a lot. I, one time we was over to Borgata. We went over there for the pool. We was over there body drunk. We was like, we just gonna fall asleep in the parking lot, take a nap, and then we gonna drive. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba. To Philly, pull a Chad, basically. Yeah. <laughs> but the twist is, is like, the twist is, is like, I did something crazy, and my homie was like, "Why did you do that?" And I'm like, "I need to be able to drive out this motherfucker immediately." He's like, "Why?" I'm like, "My biggest fear in life is being taken hostage, like because a motherfucker could do some shit to like kill me. Don't don't make it no 35 right, right. minute like affair. Like don't yeah. like, don't, don't take the ball peen hammer and bang the screwdriver into my. And knee. that's exactly what I'm talking about because we as men don't even fathom the idea of a motherfucker just taking you right. like and just like like taking your clothes off and like being like like even when cops violate you like it's something inherent in our body like your cop could be 100% normal he'd be like just 
stand here and you just feel this inherent need to be like, motherfucker, no. Right. Because it's like, you don't like nobody fucking with your autonomy. Like, dog. we don't like nobody fucking with our like, autonomy. I literally was walking the dog one night and Lee was like, be safe. And I was like, the hell's gonna happen to me? She's like, they snatching people. And I'm like, somebody come snatch me. They ain't some other shit. Like, what's next? Like, like, the, the, serial, right the, serial killer, the serial killer was walking right down the street. He's like, nope, not that one. Like, <laughs> like yo, get in the van. What? <laughs> you right, big man. Yeah, you, you right, you, dog. You won this round, dog. Yeah. That nigga, they probably rolled down the street. was like, he probably got nunchucks. <laughs> I got nunchucks. Yo, get the van, nigga. No, no. <laughs> keep walking. You, you got it. Yo, like real shit. But she said, I, I was like, who the fuck's going to snatch me? Motherfuckers still say it to me. Like, and that's, yeah. that, that's the craziest thing because, like, I was with, I, I went out last night. It was NFL players and top attorneys in the city. We was out. We was fucking trash. We thought so. Like, I literally woke up and the text message was like, did we get roofied? Like, because, like, we, we ended up in tradesmen. Like, of all places, not Noto, tradesmen. I'm like standing on the couch in there. White people's like, why is he standing on the couch? Like, like I'm like, regular I was, club like culture. I, was, I was like, do y'all have bottle service? They was like, uh, we can send you a water. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> White clubs is not like black clubs, yeah, man. Oh, the motherfuckers in there EDMing it, having fucking tongue to tongue, fuck, they yeah. face kissing and shit. But no, so from the legal thing, so I did the corporate law thing for like four years. That was wildly eye-opening. I worked for a Republican-owned law firm. Oh, it's not Republican-owned, but it's a conservative. Typically, corporate firms are conservative. Yeah. So like, I mean, we got emails from the CEO teasing us like, y'all Philly guys saw the Trump won. We back in the, we back in business. And I'm just like, what so, the fuck? So wait, you 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 did four years with the DA's office, yeah. and then you went to a corporate law firm called Eckert Siemens. Okay, so you were at the DA's office with Seth. Yes, I was Seth's first young hire. Okay. Like when he got booked, I, I put it like this. Uh, Core links. I get a Seth email every day. Like that's my man. Like okay. he he sends me emails from the feds every day. I talk to him. What he going through? He's still in there. Yeah, he's still in there. But he see the Trump act. The John that Trump signed the. Uh, I forget the name of the act. It's going to send him bring him home early. So he should probably be home this year. But he got five years flat. What do you think about the overall that whole situation and the nature of his charges? So Seth got caught out there. It was a couch. Acting light skin. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like he he forgot that he was a black man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the Union League, like, it, first of all, and, and I'm going to say this to everybody, that anybody that's interested in public office or doing anything involving nonprofits and children and schools, you cannot monetize public service. Right. Like, that is, you, either either you are going to be a public servant and, 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 and get experience and make your $60,000, $80,000 a year, and that's no, that's no disrespect to that. Yeah. But you can't be, like, in office working 24-7 as a politician or as, like, a, a social worker and on the side trying to build a trillion-dollar business. Like, we see it in the White House right now, right. and you see how these people is flipping out over him. So just imagine how they would flip out if you're black. So with yeah. Seth— I mean, like, I was remarkably disappointed because, I mean, it was one of those situations like the emperor wears no clothes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you ever heard that parable mm -hmm. where, like, the motherfucking, the, everybody loved him. Yeah. The motherfucker ride down the street, asshole naked, nobody telling him. Like, no, that's not an outfit. Like, right. the other side of it was, is like, um, Philly's like a real gritty city when it comes to local politics. It's kind of like when you watch The Wire, like that's Philly. Philly's the la one of the last big cities with a crazy democratic machine. Yeah. And like sometimes people get elected and 
they they don't bring the it's not like they act the way they acted like I'm the king of the city now and like I'm I'm somebody when I was geeking the other day my man called me the president of the United States of Philadelphia but that's how <laughs> niggas act when they get elected they become yeah. the president of the United States of Philadelphia and I'm like dog it's so much the world like you are a fucking bl- blip a blip on the radar on the radar and you can't act like that I mean the other thing was is people don't realize so Seth ran for DA twice the first time he ran was back in like before I was mm-hmm. out of law school so that was like 06 because he got sworn in in 2010 so 06 if and Seth was the statewide political director for the Barack Obama campaign back in 08 so just think about that instead of and he had been that since like 06 so instead of Seth winning in 10 if Seth had won in six while Barack Obama was in office, Seth would have ended up being down D.C. with him doing something like working in the high levels of the attorney general because he'd have right. been the youngest black D.A. when Seth won. I mean, when Obama won. Yeah. And then Obama probably would have pulled Seth down and put him in the Department of Justice. Seth, Seth had a crazy story. He was an orphan that, like, got adopted by his family, who was, like, a school teacher at Shoemaker, and he was, like, his dad was, like, a legendary teacher. So, like, I, I tell people all the time, if Seth had won that election in 06, he'd be up there with Kamala. He'd leapfrogs all, he'd be the, up there with Kamala. He leapfrogs all of the all of this BS in a scrutiny. And- he also went broke during that 06 campaign. So a lot of the shit that he got banged off in 10 was because he still had drama from the 6 campaign, like debts and, and credit card bills. Yeah. So he's in office... Essentially, the the, the richest, climb out of hole. the richest, like the, the poorest man in Babylon. Like this bull guy, he got back Amexes that's passed out. His kids still going to private school, and he like, listen, I'm barely paying my Comcast bill. So of course, when motherfucker, that's the whole thing. We just literally got done talking about motherfuckers having the thumb on the, uh, on somebody. Seth was fucked up, so it was easy for motherfuckers to be like, yo, I'm gonna donate this, and you gonna go to the you you gonna use your money for the gym, and you gonna use your you gonna use your campaign money for the union league, and you use your campaign money to go on. Vacations and, and niggas that you know for 30 years, that's your homie also saying, like, yo, I, they telling they other mans, yo, you know, the DA, that's my young boy. Like, and you know, dickheads love shit like that. Like, I got to, like, Philly, the, when y'all be geeking about the front the front row tickets, I'll be cracking up because that's Philly. Like, everybody, you could literally tell somebody they get in the hookup and it ain't really the hookup, but they be like, hype bitch, you're like, yeah, chat, yo. They hooked me up. Chad, <laughs> Chad, Chad told me that these tickets going for $102. He gave them to me for a bean, though. Yeah. That's my fucking man. I saw Mike Epps stand up the other day. He was like, niggas come home from jail and can't wait to tell them who bought them clothes. <laughs> like, yeah, Tony bought me juice. What? <laughs> but that's the hookup culture. Like, everybody, that's that celebrity yeah. shit. So, and motherfuckers was running around saying, yo, Seth, or not. Like, and that was the thing. Everybody was talking about it. I, I got Seth in pocket. I got Seth in pocket. And it was like, I'm, I text Seth every day. I don't even have him in pocket. Like, he doesn't even think that far ahead. So that's yeah. why for him, and I went to his trial. You know what I mean? Like, I firmly believe that that plea deal that he got mid-trial was, because he was looking at, like, 60 years. and they Oh, shit. And then they let him plead to one charge and with a max of five years. I think they, they was getting their teeth kicked in down there. Because a lot of the shit, like, they, they had the text messages. Can you, just think about this. You know how that craziness of when your girl might go, like, when your girl, then the memes where they say your girl reading your text to you and you sitting there like, damn, can you imagine sitting in a courtroom with a nigga that you, like, you, 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 you talk smut with and that shit up on the screen with, like, 60 of your supporters behind you and they just, like, reading the text off. Like, yeah, so when we going to do Miami again, them hoes was all that down there. <laughs> and it's the district attorney of Philadelphia sitting up there like, yeah, that's, uh, 
like you, that that is a crazy thing. So I'm sitting down there in court. I, I you know, I, I went to a sentencing hearing. Shit broke my heart. That's why everybody always asks me, like, when you running for mayor, I'm like, man, I want to own the Knicks. Fuck politics. Right. Like, fuck that shit. If you see me run for office, one of two things have happened. I secretly made a billion dollars or I fucked up. And now I don't have, this is my only route right. to employment. Like you off your actual path. I'm off then... my path. If you see me run for office, either I didn't hit for a bill or I'm off the path that I'm on right now. Because I, I, I'm, it's just not, I, I, my kid should never even have the threat of growing up as fucked up as I did. Not even close. Like, I don't, like, like, I was geeking. Like, my daughter not gonna know what tokens is. She may not know what the bus is, period. Like, it's like, that's the type of light. Like, I'm looking at cribs on 21st and Pond. Like, I ain't, right. like, so, like, now the type of work I do is I do something called catastrophic injury work. A lot mm -hmm. of people don't understand it. Um, they think, oh, you're a plaintiff's lawyer. You, I call you when I get into a little small car accident. Like, nah, nah. We are, like, typically, like, we don't even come into the case unless it's worth at least a million dollars. So that's right. catastrophic. But you get in that. Back up a little bit. Yeah. The corporate, four years corporate oh, law. Let's yeah. talk about that. So I did something called white collar um, and commercial litigation. So white collar is pretty much, it's funny because you, you, you wonder like white collar crime is supposed to be crime that's related to your profession. So like you're an accountant fraud or something like that. But the reality of it is, is white collar crime is whoever got the fucking money. Like, can you pay right. my bills? If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. My hourly rate when I was at Ecker Siemens was about, when I did white collar work, it was about $450 an hour. And when I did other work, it was cheaper. But I've seen myself get billed out by the firm at as high as $500, $600 an hour in Philadelphia, which is, that's, that's, a, that's a high rate. Yeah. But I was a DA and I had courtroom experience. So well, as many times as I went to court, they pay more for lawyers that can show up in court. <laughs> and the crazy thing about it is, is like, the same judges from when I was a DA, but now I'm handling matters where it's like $200 million on the line. And you walk in and it's the same judge, like the courthouse ghetto. So you walk in and the judge secretary like, Kevin, how you doing? What the hell? And the, the corporate clients is looking at you like, how you know all these people? And I'm just like, it's the same people. But yeah. now, instead of it just be me being nice to people and being very like friendly, like my normal self, that type of welcome makes the client like makes the client go like we gotta pay this nigga another hundred dollars an hour we want him on all our cases so i did corporate work man and i'm gonna tell you that shit was all that it was all that in the sense that like i'm flying all across the country doing investigations i, mean, I was representing liquor companies like people that's people that pay my bills they billionaires yeah. you know what i mean like individuals that's individual billionaires and they put me on their jets like and i can't Instagram, none of that can't, shit. Can't, 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 <laughs> like, no like, on like, the yeah, I'm on the PJ. I'm, I'm about to Neo Davis this job. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, I'm about to start my self help job, <laughs> and you can't like you just can't live that lifestyle. Like so, I mean, I man, I did I did cases, I did cases with the motherfuckers that's going. I represented the motherfuckers that's going to jail for Trump. Like, like the New York shit that was going on. They had, they had all, all this shit involving like taxi scams and fraud that was going on because it's a whole industry with that. And it was motherfuckers. And what was crazy is there was a bunch of Russian money in it. But this was three years before Trump. So I'm just wondering why all my fucking clients, like all, all my Russian clients got some shit with them. And it's like, oh, they the way that their politics is over there, they got a lot of money in the United States. 
um, the commercial litigation, that's just b disputes between businesses. So that's like, you know, I mean, a trade secret. Like, you know, uh, one of our clients was like a, 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 a TV station and they they had a special way of presenting the news and somebody left and started their own TV station. So two TV stations like battling it out and I'm in court with them or like disputes over like million dollar inheritances, like motherfuckers coming in. <laughs> Dog. And you, the crazy thing is, is like they, they, they bitching to you about how much they paying yeah. you, and you sitting there like, I'm the poorest nigga in this room. Right, right. Like, you, you just made me think about it. So like, you ever seen like a, uh, like focus groups? Mm -hmm. You know, the, a lot of different little situations use it. So one of my homies worked at this joint called Focus Group Global, where they would literally pay people to come in and they would do focus groups because it would be lawsuits going on. Yeah. So he would always put me on Jones. They would pay you like five, six hundred dollars just coming for a day, right. and they would do just so it was a, it was a situation they were suing a pharmaceutical company, and the, the lawsuit was like forty five million dollars. So when they lawsuits are this big, they don't care about spending. 10, 15 grand oh. on a focus group or, you know, they'll shit. Do, like, they'll do multiple. Right. So I've they, done focus groups as a lawyer, so I know what you're talking so about. So they, 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 he was like, he called me, he's like, yo, you want to do this focus group tomorrow? It pay a stack. I'm like, a stack for what? He was like, they got a lawsuit going on, but they basically want to do a mock trial. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all right, yeah, fuck it, thousand dollars for a day, shit. Right. Nigga, I'll do it. So <laughs> my homie, Kyle, he nuts. He one of them niggas that like, if you tell him we going to do something, it's like, it's on. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's suit on. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the, the, the room. You know, focus group. I'm with Ross' mom. Like, cause Ross, he just whoever wanted, he yeah. just literally because he run it. He putting folks in it. So I'm in there with him. I'm sitting next to his mom. We chilling in the joint. Kyle come through the door. He got on a three-piece suit with a briefcase. <laughs> Cause they a briefcase. He got a briefcase. So we, we, me and Rose's mom trying our hardest not to like laugh. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, why the fuck Kyle got be so extra? And but this, the the crazy part is with him being extra, he also like he's silly as shit. Like he ain't got no fucking sense. So the nigga came around the, the room and shit. I'm like, yo, this nigga really got a suit and a briefcase. He came around and he sat down. And you know when you sit down, you, you see slap, slip up. The nigga had on white champion socks. I lost it. They almost kicked me out of the show. I laughed for 10 minutes. Motherfucker had on white champion socks and dress you. I'm like, oh, God, silly as shit. But they really paid every, yo, it was like 25 of us. They oh, paid $1,000 to everybody yeah. just on the street. Yo, for a day to come in and do and, a mock trial. The crazy trial. thing is, they probably paid two thousand. Crazy, right? Because really? they paid the company that organized the shit and Real they paid y'all. Like that shit. Listen. And you, you made me think about when you said earlier, like when they pay money out for all the research and all that shit. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you got a forty million dollar case, fuck it, give them yeah, thirty well, grand. Like, so you got to think about it like this. Let's say, for example, you got a million dollar case, right? And the company got that money. That money is invested in the company. Or if you're an insurance company, if they cover by insurance, the insurance company is investing that shit in the market. And insurance companies, the people that invest their money are experts. So they're not getting 8% back. They're getting 20% back. So when they litigate a case, they're looking at it like, I can keep this money in the market and earn 20% of a million dollars is $200,000. So if I can keep your case delayed for two years, I'm going to make $400,000. Right. Just leaving the money. I'm still going to pay you the same amount at right, the right, end, right. but I'm going to make $400,000 before I pay you. 
So I'm gonna pay a lawyer a hundred of that and and eat three hundred. So right. that's the whole, and that's what I saw on the corporate side. I'm like, why won't we just pay these motherfuckers? They right. My boss is like, man, I'm not missing the return. We not our client isn't missing the return on that money for that three years that they can sit, and then we might, you know, catch the lawyer sleeping and and win. Right. You know what I mean? And you gotta realize litigation costs up until it's time for trial, them jobs be like thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. So if you don't even do no work on the case, you you make your money. So like you think about the only time them companies really be cared is when they self-insured. But most of the companies, they got insurance. And the right. insurance companies, man, they that's why people don't realize like when the stock market crashed in 2008, which happened when I was in law school. So I was supposed to get a corporate job straight out of law school. And then the market crashed. They called me like, yeah, we ain't hiring nobody. Like, nope, they was firing everybody. Real yeah, estate I working, lawyers. I was working for Enterprise at the time. They eliminated multiple positions, like executive level positions. Just, they was like, if, if it was any type of redundancy to your position, go cut. on. They had something called a regional rental manager. It's a 200 $25,000 a year position. You got about 80 of them across the country eliminated across the board. So that meant that the area manager, which was directly below them, and the uh, RVP, but it was above them, had to absorb the work for no additional money. Yeah. Mm. So... When that, that shit happened when I was in law school, that shit fucked everybody up. Like, we literally, like, motherfuckers was dancing in law school. Like, we got $100,000 jobs. I make six figures this year. Man, motherfuckers went and became public defenders, making thirty, forty thousand. <laughs> it's homies that I had that worked, that had jobs, offers at law firms paying $150,000 a year. The law firm itself imploded. It's gone. It stopped. And that motherfucker ain't trust corporate law. Like, he's the Bernie Sanders supporter of the year. He's like, fuck. Fuck money. Like, fuck money. Fuck people. Like, I don't... He hates corporate America. And I understand it because, like, yo, that was some tra traumatizing shit if yeah. he was in it. Like, trying to get a job and everything like that. So, but I got to see, like, on the other side what that shit looked like. That's why I was saying, like, when you see that, like, the insurance company AIG failed during the 08 recession. Mm -hmm. People are like, why an insurance company failed? All the goddamn money I paid the insurance company, like my premiums, they not making money off your premiums. They making money investing, having the ability to say I got 500 million under, or 500 billion mm -hmm. under uh, under under my under, under management. Who wanna, who's going to give me the best rate back? Yep. You know what I mean? And then they get to go and go to BlackRock and get to go to Vanguard. I saw somebody was talking about um, Bernie Madoff. Like, how the hell did he steal $65 billion? I'm like, I heard, he got, he I heard y'all conversation about that. He got the NYPD uh, pension. Like, yeah. <laughs> dog, like, that shit's up, real. Like, and it's it's like, I introduced you to my man the other day. Yeah. Like, those is regular people, man, that, that get to make the decision of who yeah. play with that money. Like, but the crazy thing about Bernie Madoff is what I've realized now that I'm in different circles is that having Bernie Madoff manage your money is kind of like having a Gucci belt. Yeah. Like it's like it's like just to say it. it's just it's a to say it. it's a status symbol. You was Bernie would swindle people. He would sit down with you and they'd be like, he'd be like, how much are you thinking about investing? Like first of all, you got to get recommended by somebody. He's like, how much are you thinking about investing? And Bo would be like, motherfucker, be like ten million. He'd be like, all right, call me when you call me back when you become an adult. Like, right. like this boy was telling people, like, call me back when you become an adult. Yeah, I'm trying he's to burn you for a hundred. <laughs> yeah, and then like they come back like, well, twenty, and he's like, call me when you're an adult, and then it that fucks with human psyche because yeah. I'm rich. Don't nobody tell me no. So next thing you know, they like, well, fuck it, I'm an adult. Here's fifty million. He like walking back to his car like, like dickhead. <laughs> like Bernie made off the most Philly nigga ever. Like, no. like, like he like listen, he like a party promoter at the door. Like no. he was indiscriminate with it. He didn't care who money he took. Like fuck yeah. you. Like I don't even know what he was fucking off the money on other than just lifestyle. Because I mean, if he, I mean, look at look at what you call. What's the boy? Just killed himself in the jail. 
Oh, uh, Epstein. Epstein. He, he ain't have to run no Ponzi scheme. Like, and he was, he didn't, like, my understanding is that he didn't have any advanced investment knowledge or anything like that. Now, the truth of the matter is, is that he might have been running like a multi-trillion dollar uh, porn espionage, child <laughs> right, porn yeah, espionage right. ring. Right. But at the end of the day, it's just like, it's plenty of dudes out here. That yeah, because I watched the Madoff joint and I read the little uh, memoir and I'm just like, all he bought was like a car for his brother and a condo. And I'm just like, where the fuck did 60 billion? Well, that's why they got a lot of that money back. Yeah. When they went and tried to rope that money back in, they got that shit. Like, the lawyers that went after that shit, like, that's the type of shit that I was doing when I was at Eckert. Like, motherfuckers come in, like, I got swindled, and we defending against, like, security. They let his wife keep, like, an M in, like, one of the cribs. Yep. But she all fucked up, because you figured the one son died, one son killed himself. Yeah, I guess I mean, it went that, bad. Dog, you got to realize that that was their entire life. Right. Like, I mean, like, y'all was, was socialites. Like, right. y'all was, like, people about the town, and then. You all of a sudden out of nowhere, like you it's walk over. down the street and motherfuckers is like shame, yeah, you a shame, <laughs> shame. Yeah. Like I mean, they like she. What's that book we read in school? The Scarlet Letter. Yeah, like yeah. that's what she had. She got a Scarlet Letter. Like if I was her, I'd be trying to change my name. Right. You know what I mean? Gangsters don't die to get chubby. They move to Miami. <laughs> I'd be down Miami with a new name. Right. Yeah, do the Donald Sterling. Change my last exactly. name from Tuck the Cough. Hokowitz. Hokowitz to Sterling. Like change that shit from Madoff to fucking Platinum. Like my name is Donna Platinum. Make an Instagram account. A million dollars to get you far away in the hood. Real shit. She might have to move to 58 and 6. <laughs> Revamp Paintball is Philadelphia's first indoor paintball center, and they are a proud sponsor of the Realest Podcast ever. Open in June 2020. They're located at 956 East Erie Avenue, Philadelphia, PA 19134, up in the Frankfurt, Kensington, Quadrant of Philadelphia. Tickets are now on sale for their opening event. They're also booking group events at a special grand opening group rate. For more information, email Sean ha Harris at revamppaintball.com. That's Sean, S-H-A-W-N dot Harris at revamppaintball.com. And follow them on Instagram at revamppaintball. Right, damn, yeah, but that corporate and the other thing is, since I did white collar, I saw how people stole money. Like that's the craziest thing. Like, yeah. I saw with the rich we talk people. about that shit all the time. Like you, you, you get up wrapped up in the nonsense around the way, and motherfuckers dying over thirty dollars and fifty, and you realize this motherfuckers out here taking fifty million a day, and the motherfucker they took it from is like, we'll get them in court. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll see yeah. them in court. And I got to see like the other thing is, it's like you don't understand the importance of impact, like. When we get those cases, dog, they, they tell us, like, we want every email for the last five years. And whose job is to go through all f five years of those emails to make sure we don't give over no shit that we ain't do? The young, dumb, black associates. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm in that bitch. But for me, I always love that shit because, like, I'm reading a billionaire's personal email. Yeah. And I'm seeing boys, like, they got mistresses. They using the email. Like, yeah, uh, I went out with the CEO last night of this company. He's selling the company in three days, buy a bunch of stock in it, sending it to his side bitch. His side bitch take $100,000 that he gave her on some funny, some funky shit yeah. and just invest it in the company. The company gets sold. The stock's she price soared. She, she, <laughs> make, she make another 500 And literally, it's like... It's like auto tricking, like you know what I'm saying. Like, like yeah. it was like set it and forget it. Like you give your little bitch a hundred thousand dollars, and you ain't even got to give her no more money. You just keep sending her, and, exactly. and don't nobody even know that you know her. Like that's your that's your side bitch. And the FBI, the SEC, looking at the purchases and the sales, and they like, how the fuck does she know this shit? And it's like 
she's fucking a rich nigga. But that's like the world that they live in. Like yeah. they live in a world that's different. That like like dog. Nothing makes me more proud than seeing fucking Meek Mill in pictures with Robert Smith. Like Robert Smith. Like to get access to a guy that he's a a private equity dude, and like to get access to somebody that can literally he probably can turn a dollar into a hundred dollars every minute. Like that's yeah. how good he is at investing money. That's the type of dude that got the same type of attitude Bernie Madoff do. I'm not taking your money unless you're fucking unless you got a, a trillion dollars. Yeah. But it but best believe they take their homies' money just because. Yeah. So Meek can give him a hundred grand and he'll yeah. make that joint bounce like a fucking bag of fucking. <laughs> to that point. Listen. To that point that you br- that you brung up, I remember I I read the whole history of Beats by Dre. The formulation of the company, the partnership with Monster, the eventual sale to HTC, the equity sale to HTC, the buyback, the sale to Apple, all of that shit. And they said something that Dre and Jimmy Iovine did was right before they bought the company back from HTC, they went to all of their closest friends and was like, give me 100000 give me 400000 give me the buy into the company. We got some shit coming up. And then six months later, they sold the shit to Apple for $3 billion. And right. everybody, now your Every, whole team. Everybody. Your whole fucking team. LeBron, uh, fucking like Fred Durst, like all these just random that's motherfuckers got uh, rich off that that's shit. That's why I'm so upset about Kobe because that's where he was going. He was in the private equity space and it was like that private equity shit is different. Yeah. Like that angel investing, like dog, like I... I live for this shit. Like I watch billions, like it's a fucking like a, right. like addiction. Yeah. This like, last I, season was like, weird, but yeah. But I even read the book. I mean, Stephen Cohen that the yeah. book is like that is read because it's called uh, uh, Black Edge. Like Stephen Cohen, the boy that the, that they base Axe's character off. Yeah. Like that motherfucker is a gangster. Like a, just a straight gangster on the finance side of things. And it's like he ain't even go to jail. Like that motherfucker did well. All he did, he he made trillions, billions of dollars. Trillions. He created trillions of revenue, but personally made billions of dollars, like right. on the hedge fund shit. And like that shit is nuts. That hedge fund shit is crazy. And I and like that's the crazy thing. Like when you start representing them dudes, like I would represent people that I represented a guy who had a head, a company called that where he would find old people who was about to die who had whole life insurance. And he would buy their policy off of them because they were about to let it expire. Like his literal market was you 79 years old, you got a whole life this insurance. Was, this was Tyler Perry, he'd have put him in the basement. <laughs> you see how it don't make no fucking sense. But yeah, go whole ahead. life insurance. He was like, How much your payments a month? He's like, seventeen hundred a month. I can't afford that. I'm on SSI or I'm on Social Security. All right, I'm gonna give you a hundred grand right now for your million dollar policy, and I'll pay your benefits and I'll make sure that you get put in the ground. I'll have $50,000 in reserves to put you down. And the motherfucker literally goes around buying people's whole life insurance policies. And, and then not only does he make the million off of that, he goes out to other people in the hood. I mean, people in his circle and be like, invest in my company so I can buy more insurance policies. And I guarantee you a 20% return. And this like, dog, because I, he's making an 85% return. Shit, nuts. <laughs> so what did you have to represent him for? Oh, because the SEC, the thing is, is like, you gotta realize that like people that's innovative like that, they come up with, with things that like 
is does this law even there's apply? There's no law that exists right. to regulate. Yeah, what so he's like, doing. so if he takes an L, like, because what he's doing is he's looking at the medical records and he's like, well, is this person about to die? Because I need this motherfucker to die in the next twelve months. Like, and you can look at medical records. Like, I, as a medical malpractitor, I look at medical records. I'm like, damn, this motherfucker got problems. Like, like we. It's funny because like you hear people all the time. They're like, man, he was just up yesterday walking around fixing the fixing the closet, and I'd be like, man, he had arteriosclerosis. He had six stents placed in his heart. Like, nah, he's, right. he's, he's wild, it was a day to day situation. My yeah. grandfather retired in '83, and he worked there. I want to say 31 years, and when he retired in '83, he was 63. He passed away last year at 99. Yeah. So he lived. 36 years after working for 31. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, that's crazy. Well, that, that's why but I, lived longer than he actually worked there and worked a full joint. And, and that's, that's why companies going like bankrupt. Some, yeah. Because they thought motherfuckers was going to be dying, and then they didn't even think, like, oh, we're going to give you a pension for the rest of your life. And you bargain for that shit, and you be like, all right, nigga, I'm 107. Pay me. Yeah. Like, where my, where my $20,000? Like, Real talk. See? Like, yeah. like, that's some gangster shit. That's why, like, that's why the city all... So a lot of people don't know that about Philly. Philly pension is underwater because... These motherfuckers, people. I literally, dying. you know, at Scepter, like you got a pension, yeah, yeah, and then they give you, I think it's three, four years of medical. The the joint is you're supposed to retire when you're 62, which you know a lot of motherfuckers don't do. But if you make it to 62, you get three, four years of medical, and then you got the joint kick in at 65. But literally, I was talking to one of the old heads the other day, and he was just like, "Yo, well, is, he, this, is this the old head that work every day?" It's like, no, he's like, no, no, he was he, telling me about that. I was he, cracking up. He wanted them, the old, older, he white guy, one of the older white guys there. But he was saying how, you know, it's always the white guys. One of his son-in-laws or something does something in Annapolis, which is like the international shit. And he was basically like, in the next 10 years, the pension is going to be so screwed up. He was like, oh, yeah. motherfuckers ain't going to be getting that lifelong pension shit. Yeah, right. and he was just like, people, they, they sell you on that image. Like, oh, you come in, and after a year, you can't get fired, and this, that, and the third. And he was like, yeah, you know, you got lifelong pension and then the benefits and shit. But he was just like, right now, we might be on, like, the like the negative side. So he was like, because realistically, you got people who are retiring and living to 95, 103, right. yeah. 104. And he was like, it's, it's, where's, it, where's the money yeah. going to come from? Well, you know what I'm this saying? This shit is terrifying because as a motherfucker that make money, like, it's going to be a large group of old people when we get older mm -hmm. that just ain't got money, they ain't got health care, they ain't okay, got shit. shit. Yeah. And like, they just all going to go on to public service, I mean, public health programs and taxes is just going to be crazy. Like, we got an aging fucking population. So every time, because I still live in Philly, and motherfuckers be like, why you live in Philly? They, they tax rates is high. Like, motherfucking 4% on the type of money I'm making is fucking nuts. I'd be like, yeah. man, I could buy a fucking, <laughs> like, it's, 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 like, it's enough to buy a 9-11. Like, I would yeah. be, like, if I lived yeah. in a different place that didn't have lo prop, local taxes, I'd be, my second car would be a Porsche 911. Right. But I really invest in Philly. I love Philly. It's, it, it created me, these young boys. Like, I'm, I'm still on the fence about where I'm going to send my daughter to school. <sighs> but at the end of the day, like, I love these, I love this city, so yeah. that's what it is. But like the corporate shit, dog, just getting that access to be able to see it, like seeing like motherfuckers that charge like it was I work with people that charge fifteen hundred dollars an hour for their advice and sitting there. And I remember when I was and it's probably like a five hour minimum or some shit like that. Dog, I remember my homie, <laughs> he got booked. He was like, hey, he's like, I called a lawyer. Lawyer told me something. I, I charge three hundred now. <laughs> Nigga, I need you for thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> got a buck fifty. Got a yard and a half. The crazy thing is, dog. The crazy thing is, is like I remember when I was a young boy and my man had like one of the best lawyers in the city. And he was bragging like this is like a rich. Hood nigga, first nigga I ever seen with a CLS five fifty. Like, like first time I first nigga I ever seen like bring a bad bitch to the city, like yeah. flying bitches mm -hmm. in way before we was on that type time. 
And he straight was like, man, my lawyer costs $100 an hour. And I remember thinking, like, like we just said that $20 an hour, that good government <laughs> yeah. job. You hear $100 an hour, you're like, damn, dog. When I saw that they was billing me out at $550 an hour, I was like, where? <laughs> where? Where? Like, where the fuck is my $550 an hour? And the motherfuckers, you, you, what, 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 think about paid in full. And motherfuckers, customers was like, don't you got fucking food? Ain't you fucking eating me? Yeah. Motherfucking partner was like, don't you got an office? Don't you got business cards, me? Like, nigga, don't you got an expense account? Nigga, don't you got an expense account? And I'm sitting there like, oh, shit, yeah, I do. Like, in, like, dog, I had an expense account, dog. My daily limit was $300. $300 a day. Take a bitch to Del Frisco's dog, every day. Dog. <laughs> Take a bitch Bis- to Del Frisco's and, and the thing is, is that business development is taking a lawyer out for dinner. And like, Kev, you getting breakfast? No. <laughs> but just think about, all this but just think about that shit, dog. Just think about, I'm a nigga. Like, I'm a nigga from 58th Street with a $300 a day expense account. And like, you got I'm, a $1,500 a week per day. I'm like, right. I'll be asking chicks, like, where you work at? So she's like, oh, you could be a client. Come on, let's Come go. On. <laughs> like, 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 this is, like, and that was the craziest thing. Like, you, like, motherfuckers be looking at me like, Kev, always picking up the tab. Little did they know, dog. When I first got a fucking platinum American Express card, you could, listen, that, I whipped that shit out every chance I got. Bam, dog. The American, you ever been in the American Express lounge at the airport? No. Oh, shit. Because my cheap ass went and got the gold card instead of the platinum. I I'm got like, both. You can get both. I got the gold okay. and the platinum. The gold is which I use primarily because I use that for, like, groceries, gas, and you get double plink. Have, yeah. you, ever, have you ever been in the diamond lounge at Harris? No. Yeah, so I don't gamble. I don't gamble. I got jammed gambling once and never gambled what? again. I got jammed gam I got jammed gambling on the street. Oh, I thought you But I'm saying, but at the end of the day, it just it just put me so my old heads, we used to go over, we used to go over AC. Literally, this is the lifestyle we lived. We go to Cebu, drink till two. These horned up old heads be like, man, I just took, I just popped the E. We going over, we going over, we going over, we going over, we going to the water. That's not going over. We going to the water. That's going over the water. And it's like, damn, nigga, like I got law school Shout tomorrow. Shout out, shit, that nigga, yo, come on, big, we going to the water. I got fucking law school tomorrow. Like, I got law school yeah. tomorrow. Like, or I got college tomorrow, and we going over the water. I'm in, I'm in, I'm the one that they walk around the air, the uh, the uh, the casino and wake up because you yeah. can't sleep in the casino. They yeah. wake up yeah. the kid, and I'm like, oh, oh shit, oh, my man was fucking like the ugliest card girl there like he, he was like niggas would get free rooms they get comps yeah. but they always wanted to try to go over there and put a man on the moon and i watched niggas that was up nine ounces two bricks f- 14 bricks go over there and come back to the city and be like dude let me borrow seven ounces <laughs> like what the fuck did you do yeah. and it's just like so i don't gamble i don't gamble yeah, on I, was, anything. I was in the casino one night with my cousin i was probably about 22 years old i had a uh like a old like a oh three Monte Carlo two door Jones. Oh, that shit was a hoe catcher. Yeah, oh, no, Bert, that was a Jones Jones twenty two feet what, long. What was the percentage of the tent on that Jones? I didn't even have no tent. Oh, you was a fucking was corporate nigga. I was fishbowling. <laughs> so me, my cousin Stevie G, my cousin Al, we he like we we going to AC. So I'm the driver. Steve is Scofflaw out. He, he like the first nigga that ever got put on scoff law. He's still on scoff law to this day. He can't even apply for nothing city related. It's over for him. He's done. So he like, we gonna go to AC. So we go. He playing craps. I'm playing blackjack. He playing craps. I see this nigga start with probably about seven, eight thousand. He get up to twenty three thousand. He don't walk away. So my thing is, when you get from twenty three from seven. What were you trying to win? Like, Yo. what was your what was your next step? This nigga went from twenty three to nineteen to fifteen to eleven. Now he's trying to get six. Now he's to four. 
to three to popped. Now he's at the ATM. Why are you at the ATM? You just up twenty three thousand. Oh, the ATM cards twenty five dollars per transaction. <laughs> he get a thousand dollars out of the ATM. He banged the ATM four times daily limit. He can't get no more money. Yo, cuz let me get a little seven hundred. How much money you got on you? Keep fifty dollars uh, for gas. Uh, I watch I'm legends. Going back to the table. Legends pop themselves I, I got, at the fucking casino and then come home and literally start jamming niggas on the fucking bus stops. <laughs> <laughs> like we get back to Philly at six a.m. Yo, bitch, you know what the fuck it is? Nigga, you don't even have a gun. Like this nigga, ro- like you robbing niggas with a cell phone. <laughs> You the, know what the, the fuck it is. Strong arming. Like, I, I don't home, know what the fuck it is. I had one homie, this nigga strong armed. He was like, man, fuck these nut ass bitches. He called his baby mom. He was like, yo, uh, I'm going to be late. And then the nigga just started stabbing. He's like, pull over right here. I'm going to go in the donut shop. So we pull over the donut shop. The Asian lady come running out after him. Like, he's like, pull off, pull off, dickhead. Fucking drive. Like, and I'm like, what are you doing? He pulls, we pull off. We go like three blocks. He's like, yo. Yo, what type of cell phone she got? I was like, like a Nextel. He's like, all right, all right cool. He get out, steal a bitch. Boom. I'm like, yo, what are you doing? He's like, man, I'm fucked up. Fuck these niggas. Y'all niggas don't fucking love me. And you know, anytime a hood nigga, anytime a hood nigga go broke, they angry at the world. Like, yo. my mom don't love me. Yo, listen, I seen my the coldest died. shit. We was in, you remember the Hilton at AC? Yes. Right. We in the Hilton. I go down there with Shiz and Jay. These niggas play crap, and they play crap. Big, you know, niggas yeah. buying in for thousands, and then they go to the high roller joint. So, this shit is like we the only black motherfuckers at the table, and I mean, like it's all old white dudes, whatever. You know, the purple thousand dollar chip. Yeah. You know, you stack chips in the actual joint on the table. I'm talking about my man had the whole joint, white ball. I'm talking about this was purple, this was orange. Orange is five hundred. Both of them. I'm just like. He gotta have upwards of seventy yeah. sitting in front of him. Like, I'm just gonna say sixty something. Like, what, what's just, your goal here? Just legitimately. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> put, put, put go ahead, double. Put it, put it. Like he just rolling, rolling, yeah. rolling. So he shooting, shooting, shooting. He wound up losing pretty much everything he had sitting up in the gym. So I went to the bathroom, whatever, whatever. I walk off with my man Dex. I come back. He coming out of the, you know, they got a little area in the gym where you can, like, go and apply for, like, on-the-spot credit yeah. and handle all them little transactions. He coming out of that gym, so he see me. I, I you know, I'm a laugher, so instantly yeah. I'm like, damn, is it that bad? He was like, big man, let me tell you. He was like, my daughter might not go to college. You know what I'm saying? He was like, it's, he was like, it's getting crazy here tonight. So... Whatever, whatever. He go back to the table. They come with a with a clipboard so he could sign for the yeah. mark or whatever, whatever. They come, hit him off with a rack. They got, you know, in the poker room, you got they call them racks and shit, yeah. like plastic joints. He got a rack of purple. So I'm just like, damn, he back up back like another 50, 60. When I tell you, he might have ran that shit up to like 200. Like, I'm talking about he has so many chips that he couldn't even put them in the joint, and they were stacked on the table in front of him and shit. So... We walked off because I was in the poker room. I come back over. I see him. I'm just like, God damn. He was like, listen, I might apply for some motherfucking classes. <laughs> 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 but that's really like, it's, it fluctuates. Yeah. I don't really get down with that side of it, like the crap, the roulette, I'm all that bullshit. I'm scared of that shit. But no, the, it's, that shit fluctuates so I'm crazy for motherfuckers, when I, learn, when I learn they alter the amount of oxygen inside of casinos to make, because, you know, on room air, mm-hmm. that's what they call it in medical, room air, we probably breathe in 
aired it's probably got like i don't even know i'm, I'm guessing i'm not a, i don't know but it's like eight let's just for example 80 percent oxygen in this room mm -hmm. or maybe 70 percent oxygen yeah. you go into a fucking casino they got that shit up to like 90 or yeah. 100 so that you feel more energized and right. energetic they do the same thing at basketball stadiums they, that shit makes you more happy you literally high off oxygen right and you just don't know that you can come down so it's Girl, just when like, you when you literally get to where it's like you take it all in with, with like, the casino. Like, there are no clocks. Yeah. There are no windows. It really is, like... It's, a mind fuck. It, it's fucking with you. Dude, let me tell you how crazy this shit was. We had the rim shop. It's funny you mentioned the McDonald's on 16th Woodland. You remember the rim shop used to be right across the yeah, street? Yeah, yeah, That was J-Joint. That was where I first started playing poker, being in the back office with them, because they'd be in there shooting dice, playing poker, whatever, whatever. So... They all like, yo, we going to we going to water. You we know going what I'm saying? We, we going, going to water. Over. We going over. So they all coming. I'm sitting at the front because Jay hit a computer in the front. I'm yeah. sitting at, on the computer. I'm on MySpace. So, you know, fixing, <laughs> fixing my top eight. Yeah, I'm getting some sparkles right, on it. I'm gonna throw some peas on it. That, right. that shit had all of us being yo, writing code. Yo, real talk. We was all writing code. That's so I'm getting my MySpace He's together. Like, Damn, David Banner just dropped the. I gotta put this on my page. Yo, I mean, I'll never forget my my girlfriend at the time. She took me out of top eight and had single ladies playing. I'm like, I'm <laughs> like, real tough. But I'm getting my MySpace together. They all come out back. Jock, Jay, Shiz. I they like, yo, we going to the water. I'm like, all right, well, I'll holler at y'all and come back. Jay, like, what you Jay, he the first one I shop. He had a, uh, he had just got the 745. He like, you ain't going over the water? Fuck you then. I'm out. He jumping in the joint. He going. So Shiz come out. He like, come on, dog. You rolling? I'm like, nah, I'm, I ain't gambling. I'm, I'm chilling. He like, what the fuck? You going to sit by yourself? Everybody going. Like, the shop going to be closed. You going to be sitting there fucking dark. I'm like, all right, so they had a big one of them conversion vans. Remember the uh, niggas the love. We call them a, we, we, right. We called them a loaf of bread. In my yeah, hood. yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah I heard this nigga come driving us shooting a loaf of bread. Joe got a, a ladder on the back and shit. We get one of these motherfuckers. Put a tire on the back. Right, bean bag in the back for whole oh. shit. So we get in the big van. We riding down. Steph driving. We riding down. Whatever, whatever. So we get down there and they all play crap. And I don't, I don't play crap in the casino. And you know, crap in the casino is way different than it's on the street. Street. So it's just so much going on yeah. and I'm I'm you know you feel yourself being annoying because I'm asking questions and wait why why you why you betting no 10 that's instead my problem of, I'm just gonna stop you right there I never feel myself being annoying that's why motherfuckers get I, mad at me I so quickly ca I can catch it <laughs> so I catch myself just like being annoying because you know when you gambling if you one roll and you don't win and your nigga talk to you yo shut the fuck up like it's that John I'm like all right I'm walking on like, damn you gotta give all that money away right <laughs> right <laughs> so I'm like look y'all got it I'm going to play blackjack now I never played blackjack in the casino at the time, I'm like, I'm just go play black. This nigga like eat straight, straight from the street. He like from my cell phone to the, to the right. I'm from playing the shit to the tutor. So I go to the blackjack table. I pull out five hundred dollars. It's a true story. I'm like, I lose this shit. Whatever. I got a thirty dollar buffet voucher. I'm going to eat. Wait for these niggas get done. I go to the blackjack table, and it's wild because if you you say you don't gamble, but when you start rolling. When them drink, because the drink bitch is there every 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. You don't realize, you literally, I'm getting to the point where I'm just literally just putting a stack of money in the circle. I don't even realize what I'm betting. So Shiz come over, he see all the money from me. He's like, what the fuck? What, what did you buy in for? I'm like, a nickel. He was like, dog, I literally got to the point where I was doubling down on 12. Like, I was, I was out of control. And he was like, yo, you don't realize what you betting right now. Like, take a second, dog, cash out and come back to the table. So I, I get all the chips. I chip. You got to chip up. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't just walk off with all them fucking greens and reds and shit. Chip up and go to the cashier. I got 8700 I bought in for $500. Yeah. So I'm up over eight grand. 
couldn't tell me I wasn't a blackjack professional. Like, listen, biggest dick in the room. Right. So we leave from the joint. Everybody got smoked. Niggas got smoked in crap, roulette, everything. I'm in the motherfucking van in the back <laughs> on this joint. The next day, I come to the shop. Motherfuckers chilling. Right I'm like, y'all trying to go to the water? I'm like, the fuck I'm like, nigga, y'all on bullshit. I'm out. I go down to AC by myself. I walk into Caesars. I'm like, where's the high limit room? Because I don't even fuck with this regular shit. <laughs> My second day. Dog, I walk in. That, what's that T Grizzly song? Yeah, right. You know, first day out. Right. I walk in the high limit joint at Caesars. I lost 4,400 in like 10 minutes. I let me cool the fuck out. Just get back. And I, I came back and but I, I still was up. Right. But I gave back four thousand in like 10, 15 Duh. minutes on some crazy. Cause you really do be on yeah, angles. My, co- my cousin Steve, degenerate gambler, he was getting Duh. like he was getting thirty, fifty thousand dollar checks from Priority Records in the fucking nineties and shit. Niggas coming around fifty six and Woodland tearing him out the frame, beating Duh. the shit out of him, taking all his jammed. motherfucking money. I got jammed at a fucking dice game one time, and that shit made that, that's how traumatizing it was. I stopped gambling, but the crazy thing was is I peeped the blitz like. Old head bulls from over the north side, always gambling niggas. They always pull up, and I was just hitting. Like, I have never hit this way. Like, I'm a young boy that, with the young bulls that I'm out there selling dope, because we, when I first started selling dope, we had shifts. Mm-hmm. Niggas, you could sell on the block. Like, they, they wanted to try to turn 58th Street into uh, Kingsington, where, like, niggas, you don't actually own any work. Like, you're, not, right. you're, you're getting a pack, and you work, and you get paid weekly. So they was trying to implement that on 58th Street. That's how I got into selling dope. Yeah. Like, I was on a shift. So we out there paying fucking, uh, playing uh, craps for dollars and two dollars, but the shit's still competitive. Yeah. Man, once I started really hustling and was out there playing craps one time, <sighs> uh, I hit these old heads for like 16,000 on a oh, fucking shit. corner because it was together and it was other niggas from my hood playing. It was bad. The crazy thing was, I was giving money to my little brother the entire time. Like, walk this off. Walk this off, put that in the car. They ran up and jammed me. All I had was $900 on me. And they was like, they was like frustrated, like, because they got jammed too. Yeah. And it was like, they was like, yo, damn, cuz, you only got hit for like, 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 they was like, how much they get you for? Because you was hitting us. And I'm looking at them like, I don't know how much they hit me for. I think they hit me for that whole joint. But they like they keep asking me like, "Was you passing money?" And that's how I knew that they had lined me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because like I had one old head who, <laughs> who like was real concerned and ready to go shoot everything the fuck up. Yeah. And he made a comment too. Like I had a feeling they was going to jam you. And I looked at him. I was like. Yeah, you, you said this shit. You up. told them niggas I was sweet for it, and I was. <laughs> but I wasn't dumb. Like, right. I was like, literally, like, I saw that I was the diplomat. My little brother kept coming around the corner on some weirdo shit. Like, he coming around, like, hey, can I get a dollar? Can I get a dollar? And I was like, yo, stay here. Right. Stay here. I need you. I need you to work this. You can get whatever you want. And I'm just hitting them. Like, them niggas getting to the point where they, like, putting 500 down. And of course, we working them. Like, they working us, we working them. My yeah, man, yeah, yeah. my man ass betting, he ain't really got it. But, you know, and I'm like, ah, fuck him. And I'm acting like I ain't cool with him. So we worked them out, too. Yeah. But we smacked the shit out of them, and then they smacked the shit out of me with a burner. Like, it was like I was saw, it was a revolver too. Oh, Listen, man. getting pistol whipped with a fucking automatic is different than getting pistol whipped with a revolver. Like, revolver is always like super solid and like metal. <laughs> like, I, it, it, listeners, you don't understand what it's like being a hood nigga. Don't sign up. It's not fun. It's not, like, it's, it's not what it's, it's glorified. It's, yeah, it's glorified. You, nigga, I got hit with a pistol one time. Niggas ran over afterwards. It was like safe, because I like slid like a fucking baseball player. Like, oh, dang. It was wild how like, <clears throat> 
into it Some motherfuckers be Like I had a nigga from my hood Was like going through some shit with somebody And they wound up having like a shootout And like I saw him And he like started telling me About the like the shootout And he was just like Nah like I see the boy He come out the, the little The little beard joint He see me I see him I'm thinking like It ain't about to pop off Next thing I know He got it Yo he I ain't gonna hold you He uh, was on some shit And I'm just like <laughs> Nigga this nigga's trying to kill me As a lawyer That shit is wild man I, I, As a lawyer It's crazy To have to Try to explain to people That like yo I Grew up in a hood Where me and my mans Got in the shootouts with niggas that live three blocks over. Right. Like, like we was beefing with niggas on 56th Street, like, and we was from 58th Street. Like, and the way we hid was going in 59th Street. Like, like, <laughs> like, like, we, like, it's like when, when I was a DA, niggas would, like, kill somebody, then go on a run, and they'd be like, where are you going to go? Like, niggas go to Delaware. Like, they go, like, they commit a murder, and they go run from the police, and Man, they go from, like, the, they go from Frankfurt to, like, fucking, uh, uh, Palton, like right. the fuck? yeah, West Philly nigga go uptown. I'm yeah. going to my aunt's house, yeah, yeah. West Oak Lane. Like, and, and they think like the it's like you didn't even leave a jurisdiction. Like, like, like niggas being <laughs> like niggas moved to the like, like I'm in a trailer park up yeah, and like what the fuck? So like when I be trying to explain to people as a lawyer, motherfuckers, could you I realize it's a lot of big dick energy in practicing law. Like motherfuckers come at you and try to shit on you, call you all types of names, jump in your face, try to harass your clients, and I'd be like, um, you do realize that um. I will kill you. And they be looking at me like, y'all, it's so crazy. I know people, I know people who are lawyers who are like known to be like threatening and violent. And like people are like terrified of them. And I walk in, they be like, they love me. Like they are terrified. It's so weird practicing law, knowing that like it's never said, but every person that's ever Googled me has seen that like this nigga been to jail six times. He's a lawyer. And then so first thing they think is, is like I'm an idiot. Like, right. they think I'm not cut. And then I start, like, citing Supreme Court cases that got decided yesterday in, like, dissents. Like, re talking about law that they don't even realize exists. And motherfuckers be like, oh, wait, wait, wait. This nigga really is who they say he is. Like, like I, I had to tell somebody, I was at the White House. I mean, I was at the, I got invited to the State of the Union yeah. two weeks ago. You want to get into that, too. No, it's, that's the geek, though, because I told this nigga, I was like, nigga, my TRPE invite is more honorable than my fucking State of the Union invite. Like, because, like, oh, I was at the State of the Union. Like, this motherfucker Trump came down looking Looking like, dog, if y'all ever watch wrestling in 1993 when Hulk Hogan would walk down to the fucking ring and they'd be like, I am a real American. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That was what it was like when Trump walked in. I'm in that bitch watching Trump walk in and I'm like, yo, he got these motherfuckers eating out of his hands. And the craziest part, y'all y'all going to geek off of this. So every person that invites you to the like they invite somebody that stand. I got shot in the district for the congresswoman that invited me. I got a, an award, outstanding young lawyer award. I got the award because I've just been a super supporter of black lawyers and a mentor because I think it should be more inclusive. When I first came into the law, black people was like, "Well, you know, he's a he's a he's a thug." And I'm like, "Come on with that hasa diddy black people shit." Like right. I mean, like a lot of the black lawyers they don't come from poverty. Like most of the black lawyers, yeah. they 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 come from they they come from money. They're like, bread. They yeah like yeah. like. So it's a stark divide between black lawyers with money grew up in the suburbs and black lawyers that, you know what I mean, grew up hood. Typically, black it's lawyers— It's like that, that pretty much all of us. Every like, year. Yeah. But black people that grew up in the hood, they typically, you know, I want to be a criminal defense lawyer. I want to do poor—I want to I want to practice law that is cash and carry. That's what we call it, like right. family law, criminal law, motherfuckers walking into your crib, mortgaging their crib. Me, I, I've always— 
I read a art. I read a book called "Why Should White Guys Have All the Fun" about a black lawyer that ended up becoming the first bil- owner of a billionaire company, Reginald Lewis. He died from cancer. If y'all never read that book, read that read that book. What's that, the name of the book? Why should white guys have Why all the fun? Why should white guys have all the fun? I'm not looking at that. Yeah, Reginald Lewis, the nigga, and he died young, but he was a Harvard Law grad. Literally, he went to Harvard Law. He talked his way into the fucking law school. Like he literally graduated from U- University of Maryland and went up there for like a admitted students week. And he's like, so y'all ain't got enough niggas on campus. Y'all should let me in. They're like, oh, you have to apply. He's like, I can fill out the application right now. Talked his way in, became one of the most prolific lawyers. And that article led me to like, I read an article one time that was like the $2,000 per hour lawyer. And I was like, niggas making $2,000 an hour? All right, I'm going to figure out how I can do that shit. Right. And so for me, like just the idea of just like not going into like, you know, grocery store lawyer and, and becoming like a really elite lawyer, that that's like always been the way that I've been. And... I forgot what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> you no, know, it's talking about the State of the Union. Oh, the shit, State huh? of the Union. So I, I'm really inclusive with lawyers. Like I don't give a fuck if you a black lawyer who got no money, extra money. I don't care if you fucked up at your last job and got fired. I'm gonna make sure that you get a job. Like I'm gonna make sure that you making the most you could possibly do. Yeah. If you if you fuck up and your name is trash, come to me and I'll fucking I'll vouch we'll for find you. A way. We're gonna find a way. That's how I am as a black lawyer. I so might I, take the bar, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not even like joking. I'm motivated like real shit. shit. So I became, like, we got a we got an important friend. I'm about to do this shit online. You and Kim Kardashian. Like, but I get this outstanding young lawyer award in a room with 700 people and everybody knows me. Like, because they're like, how the fuck does this motherfucker know everybody? It's like, dog, I thrive on building substantive relationships with people. I want to know your kids' names. I want to know your wife's name. I want to know what they... Like, I, when, when I run up on you, I'm like, yo, how was Jake's hockey match last week? Like, like I want to know because I love you, like, and I yeah. want you to love me the same way, and that way you're going to give me your fucking money when you fucking get it. You're going to pay me, motherfucker, but you're not even going to look at it as... Uh, an expense, you're gonna be like, damn, the whole team getting rich. Like, right. I'm, I'm on everybody's team. I got the governor about to appoint me to some shit. Like, it's crazy. So, I get this award, I give my speech, I pretty much murder my speech. I talk about like Martin Luther King. It was on Martin Luther King Day. It's the biggest event, it's the biggest legal event in the fucking, in the fucking city. And it's on Martin Luther King Day every year. And I'm talking about like Martin Luther King, and I tie in like me getting shot and Dr. King getting shot. And I read Dr. King's autopsy. Dog, the dog. Dr. King was 5'9 and a half and 140 pounds. And he got smacked by a fucking sniper bullet. And when you realize that this, did, what the bullet did to him, and you realize he was 5'9 and a half, 140, 140 pounds. pounds, he was a little nigga. Like a, 90% of Twitter, black Twitter women wouldn't date him. They'd be like, oh, you ain't talking yeah. enough. <laughs> like, 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 Dr. King, Dr. King, you ain't 6'2, fuck yeah. you. Like, but at the end of the day, it was like, I get that speech, and the congresswoman was like, yo, I want to have lunch with you. I want to learn about you. I want to hear about the things that you've been through. And then she was like, man, fuck that lunch. Let's go to the State of the Union, nigga. I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. And she was amazing. Like, you know, I, I, I was geeking. I was like, I'm about to go on TRPE. I hope she don't hear this shit. Because, <laughs> like, you know, people, people love your story, yeah. but they don't love you. Like I mean, like they'll 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 buy into my they'll story. They'll champion your story, and, and then they and then they meet me, and they be like, "Wow, this nigga's traumatized." Like, uh, yeah, yeah. like like the fuck. Shot like, five times. I got shot five got times like, with a big ass thirty-eight. Yeah, I got smacked. <laughs> that's, that's just the one gun. Like niggas be out here acting super tough. Nigga, if you a street nigga, you've been smacked around. Like it's it's just a part of the game. And if you really one of those street niggas that never been smacked around, and you think you super tough, you're deader in jail. Like because if you if you not diplomatic about the streets, you gotta you gotta count your money before you go. out 
Like yeah. niggas was like, well, 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 why didn't you shoot that nigga? I'd be like, ain't no pussy in jail. And I like dressing. Like I like Dior. <laughs> right. And I was like, I don't even think niggas in jail know about Dior because every homie I got come home, all he do is fucking wear the Muslim shit, sell oil. So I know <laughs> ain't no kick. And academics velour. Yeah, like yeah. listen, because I, I, that's one of my caps. I was like, they used to, they used to, we used to wear academics. Now I am one. But um, long story short, like. I end up getting this invite to the State of the Union, and the craziest thing is like the the people that invite people, they invite people that represent what they represent, what they yeah. in court, what they mm-hmm. in Congress for. So I'm walking up the old heads. I'm like, damn, cuz you invited too? Because we get like a special badge. I'm like, you invited to the State of the Union too? But they like invited by Republicans. So I'm like, what's your story? He's like, my great grandfather was murdered by an illegal immigrant, and I think they all should die. And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, oh shit. They're like, what you here for? Like, I'm a gun violence survivor. The motherfucker was like, was it by an illegal immigrant? <laughs> I was like, no, it was by a black man. He's like, oh, you just one of the regulars. Like, it was just crazy because it's like you Move get like, along, nigga. Like, and then you get like the super liberal people. They're like, like they, they had little girls, little people there that was like little girls and, and like people that have like muscular dystrophy. And they're like, the only thing that gives me an appetite is eating weed brownies. And I'm here to advocate for weed being made federally legal. And yeah. it's like people are really there that are so much more important than me and so much more like like advocating like for things. And I'm just there like, look, I gave a good speech. I know how to I know how to talk a bitch out of right. draws. Like I mean like <laughs> and it was just crazy. But like, yo, that that Donald Trump shit, that like so this was the craziest thing about the State of the Union. And I put it on social media, but it's different when you hear me say it like it's 535 people that decide all of America's policy, like whether or not you get health care, whether or yeah. not how much taxes you pay. And when you in there and you watching these motherfuckers take selfies and like you see the old heads that don't know how to work their phones and shit, like they put their pants on the same way you do yeah. in the morning. Like they, they, they oversleep for their alarm clocks just like you. Nancy Pelosi is a bad <laughs> woman. Like she 70 years old and still in stiletto heels. Everything she had a bracelet that was like one of the bullets was from the Parkland shooting. Like they had found like a shell and they turned into a bracelet. So she's like real big on the gun violence thing. But she she talked to me for thirty seconds, made me feel like I, she talked to me for three hours. She gave me a message. I'm like, yo, you really good at this shit. Like you the speaker of the house. You third in line to the presidency. Yeah. And you made like she hurt. What, what's your story? Oh, you know I got shot five times. I'm a lawyer now. I turned it all around. And it's like I felt privileged because when you hear like no, I got shot. And when I got shot. <laughs> I think six people got shot the night I got shot. Like, the nigga hit me, my man hit him, and then it was just like a super gun shootout. I think, like, six people got hit. I was a victim of a mass shooting by today's standards. But, like, they don't lift our stories up. Like, you got to be, like, Lily White to get to be a gun violence victim that deserves, like, otherwise you're just a piece of shit. Yeah, like it's like, like oh, like, in the fucking zoo. So when I worked at the DA's office, they used to say, are you a true, was he a, he's a true victim. And you'd be like, what the fuck is a true victim? A true victim is somebody like, oh, he was just going to work and got murdered. And you're like, so he's a true victim, but yeah, he's not like a drug dealer or anything. So is the drug dealer that get murdered a false victim? Right. Like the opposite of true victim is false. So when I was at the DA's office, people ain't realized that, dog. Like, dog, if you get killed in Philadelphia, there's, you, like, when you get convicted of a crime, there's something called a Victims Compensation Assistance Fund, VCAP, Victims Compensation Assistance Fund, yeah. Uh, and you like people that get convicted of crimes pay like twenty dollars into that joint every time they get arrested, every time they get convicted, yeah. and the governor and the, the 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 state funds it. And if somebody get murdered in your crib and you need to clean it up, 
they pay you for it. Like you, you can get two thousand dollars, three thousand dollars. If they label your your arrest, your your killing, a drug related killing, your family gets no money for burial. They get no money for anything Damn. because they pretty much said like you were involved in a crime. Now I was involved with an organization up in up in up my way up uptown that was like literally going to court to fight. For, like the detectives would just put on black men, like we can't figure this shit out. We just gonna say it's drug related because he had weed in his pocket, which would literally rob his family of, of those all rights. those benefits. Chris yeah. Rock made a joke about that sprinkle. Uh, no, it was Chris Rock. It don't it's matter. a rap killing. Remember he was saying that but shit. But just think about that. Like you got uh, uh, as a DA, I'm literally getting calls from families like, yo, I need, I need my 19 year old son just got killed. I can't put him in the ground. I'm like, call VCAP. They'll pay for it. They're like, no, nah, they said it was drug related. So he don't get those, he don't get those benefits. My best friend, Stevie got shot and killed by a cop. I don't even know if it was like, I was a DA at the time. So just imagine that juxtaposition. Like yeah. I'm working with cops every day. My best fucking friend, my, I'm the godson to his father. Got shot. Godfather to his son. I'm the godfather to his son. Yeah. And like, this is my best friend in the entire world. He got shot and killed by a cop. I went to work the next day and was like talking to cops. And they like in there. So I'm like, yeah, you know, cops be bragging. Like, nigga, I got six kills. Like, what? That's crazy. Oh, yeah. I, yeah no, that's dog, real. You got to realize that. there, And it's not all cops, but like there are cops that are so into that culture. Yeah. That they brag about like they kills. They they like when the, it's a cop that just got locked up. And when they posted it, like it was people on social media, like finally they got rid of them. Like. Like and I'm like, yo, the entire world knew this motherfucker was nuts. And what nobody doing shit about it? Because it's dog. Because it's it, cop culture. It, it's it's blue. It's blue lives over everything. It, it ain't just blue though. It ain't just blue though. One thing I've learned about being a lawyer. You ever see when they actually not to you but when they actually put a cop up for like him being arrested for, <laughs> you know, abuse of power or whatever? They'd be like, yeah, uh, apparently uh, started in 1987. He was. He was like, <laughs> well, why did it take until 2018? Well, that's you know Dude, that shit is crazy, but that's so how it should of, be. The other thing about me getting an Outstanding Young Lawyer Award is that I represented a guy that served 21 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. I represented him for yeah, five years and then got him out. Like, like finally, dog, when you analyze that case, dog, I got a case right now where I sued the city where the bull got the victim, the bull that identified my client who ended up being found not guilty. My client served 13 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. The bull got shot five times at 12 o'clock at night. 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. Went into the fucking hospital. They gave him IV morphine to, to, to make him feel better about getting shot. He, in his statement, said, all day all I've been doing is taking Zannies and smoking weed. They picked him up from the hospital. He got shot at 12. They picked him up from the hospital at 4.30. Took him to the fucking police district and fucking interviewed him <laughs> for fucking, like, the interview didn't happen until 6 p.m. Right. Damn. So like y'all picked him up at 4 a.m., left them dog. They said that he had still had the gown on. He didn't have clothes on. Oh my god! And they were like, he got shot in the ass. They sat him in a metal chair. And he talking about some. They talking about some. He didn't say he wanted to leave. You try to tell me a motherfucker that got shot in the ass sitting in multiple times, chair. sitting in a metal chair, never expressed that he wanted to leave after he got shot, after he got morphine, after he took Zannies, after he smoked weed, and now he's just going to voluntarily sit at the police department for 12 hours? First of all, if he'd have told y'all what y'all wanted y'all him to tell y'all, y'all to let him out in an hour. Yeah. But y'all kept him there for 12 hours. Why? Because he didn't tell y'all what y'all wanted, and y'all fucked him up and made him accuse my client of a fucking crime that he didn't commit, and y'all... And, you know, I don't, I'm not going to say they're going to pay, but that case is pending. Cause right. Because that's what I do now. I sue, I, I help people avoid tragedies. Like, I represent families of people that 
medical malpractice, birth injury. I rep, like, you know, you guys might have read about like the black maternal mortality crisis, like where black women are dying yeah, yeah. when they're giving birth because people don't pay them attention. I represent a bunch of black women who died and they got three kids and now those kids got to grow up without fucking parents. And that's what I, that's what I do now. This shit is remarkably <laughs> lucrative. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. The situation with the guy who got out after the 21 years. Now, when you get out, what happens as far as, like, can you sue the state? or sue You have to sue the city and allege that they violated your civil rights. Okay. Pennsylvania, like, Indiana or, like, Kansas, like, one of them super conservative states give motherfuckers $90,000 a year. I saw that. I think it is Kansas. I yeah, saw that. $90,000 a year. Philly, <laughs> welcome home, nigga. <laughs> Smack on the butt. Congratulations. Right. We got, Like, literally no compensation for them. How... How would that scenario be different in like a vicarious liability state? So well, it's like, all vicarious. Li- well, we got vicarious liability here. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, at the end of the day, with federal law, it's a little bit different because you got to not only prove that there was an employee acting within the scope of their employment, you also have to prove that the city had a policy or practice of doing this type of shit. But in but it's already been decided by multiple federal gotcha. judges that the Philadelphia Police Department's homicide unit is a piece of shit. Like it's a federal it's a federal opinion. Like y'all been a piece of shit. Y'all always gonna be a piece of shit. And y'all right. never gonna stop it's being a, a piece it's of a shit. It's a corrupt top-down organization. Literally, basically. I mean, dog, you gotta think about it. I get to depose police officers, and I'll be like, who was your boss? And like they talk about who their boss was, and I'll be like, Oh, you mean the nigga that got locked up for uh, like I literally get to do that. <laughs> right, and it's like right. you try to tell me you was paying attention to whether or not your your your, your, your the people you're supervising were actually following the law. While you was out getting your dick sucked by prostitutes, like by transvestite <laughs> prostitutes, like it's a cop that literally, like this, there's a cop, and I won't mention his name because I don't want to prejudice him pre-trial, right. who was fucking witnesses, and if they did, like if they didn't fuck him, he put the crime on them, and the way it was uncovered, he was like. Somebody subpoenaed prison calls, and he was, like, talking to the nigga that was in jail, like, I love you, boo-boo, like, some crazy shit like that. And, like, he would tell niggas, like, he would recruit guys and tell them, like, yo, if you, if you, if you suck my dick and snitch on this nigga, you, I'll make sure you get the $20,000 reward that the city of Philadelphia gives to every person who gets uh, what the fuck? Dog, yeah, it's, it's, he got indicted. Like, the shit is real. Like, it happened. He was, and then the thing is, is that... In 2004, a nigga rebuffed him and was like, don't put your dick on me. <laughs> like, No dick, please. Like, <laughs> I'm good on that. Like, 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 I ordered chicken tacos, not dick tacos. Yeah, not yeah. dick tacos. Please, no, thank you. And, and they recovered semen or something like they They recovered something that they could DNA test. And it went up. Like, the nigga got, they, they had an investigation. They was about to bang him. The dude that reported it got mysteriously killed. Oh, shit. And then they was just like, oh, we don't have a witness no more, so you can stay on the police force. So y'all just gonna let a nigga that y'all yeah, yeah. almost thought was out here, like, nothing on witnesses. Like, oh, oh. Like, no, you can just keep fucking witnesses, bro. It's cool. Do and then that shit, that shit came That's to a wild. head 20, 10 years later, 20 years later, and now y'all all like, how was we supposed to know? Because he, he was a fucking freak in the police department. <laughs> listen, the police department. The police freak department. Adjacent. Listen, listen. If, if, listen if a, freak if a, is always a funny word. <laughs> it's, it's like, dog, if a fucking, if a fucking woman in the police department had sex with one person, the entire police department knows. Like, that police department is incestuous. Yeah. And that's most police departments. That's pretty so much. So you trying to yeah. tell me that this nigga was nothing on niggas and, and nobody, nobody told nobody? Yeah. 
Like you saw me beat down the ball, the, the cop ball on Twitter last the other night. I yeah. beat his ass on that joint. I don't, I had time. <laughs> I had time. I got into an argument on Valentine's Day. Somebody found out I wasn't in jail. So <laughs> 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 and it was like, nigga, you ain't in jail. I'm like, oh, my bad. I was like, all right, so I ain't getting no pussy tonight. So let me let me let me let me cuss people out on Twitter. Let me ask you this: the State of the Union is you go there, right? You get there, you didn't speak at it. No, you did. You what? What? All? I just sat in the crowd and watched that shit. Okay. Like I got it. So what happens is you get invited. You they 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 VIP me, pay for my train, pay for my hotel. I get on the train, go down. Um. I get there, I meet with the congresswoman, I text all my homies that work on Capitol Hill. Like, I, cause I'm, a, I'm in a fraternity, I'm an alpha, so it's a whole bunch of alphas that work yeah. on Capitol Hill. They all coming through talking about lobbying and all the money that, I mean, these people move trillions of dollars. So, every, right. like, they literally, I'm in the room with the congresswoman and we having a conversation about policy and stuff like that because everybody considers me to be like a policy wonk because, like, I'm, I, that's what I do. Like, I, I, I'm on the ground, so I see shit. And, like, I'm telling her what I think should, how this should work, or, you know, I was on the Focus Deterrence Task Force, which was like the, when I was a DA, we reduced gun violence to the lowest level in 19, since 1973. Like, I'm talking about, like, we reduced it by, like, 87% while I was on this gun violence task force. I wasn't the only one, but yeah. if anybody asked me, like, were you on that task force? Like, yeah, nigga, and we saved people from killing people. Like, and that was, I was on that task force. It made me very unpopular in parts of the city that I prosecuted those cases. Because yeah. I'm going to tell you right now, I was a rape prosecutor. I was an animal. When I was a juvenile prosecutor, I was real nice. I love kids. I, they all deserve a second chance. You give me a gun violence case, I don't get, people say gun, like, you know, there are people that believe that carrying a gun is a nonviolent crime. And I'm just like, no, I've carried guns illegally. And when I put that gun on my waist, it was either because I wanted to be a macho man, like Randy Savage, or I wanted to shoot and kill somebody. Like, it's not, you don't just like put guns on. Like, it's like Gucci belt gun. Like, nah. No, there's some niggas that are ridiculous. <laughs> like, Gucci belt gun, Gucci belt gun. And like, I, this shit'll come like, up. Like, I know somebody who has like, Three gun cases and he never shot him. And my, my homie told me, like, yo, you gotta shoot somebody. <laughs> you get beside you yourself. Gotta find a victim. <laughs> but no, at the end of the day, so like I did that gun violence, John. So I, I just know a lot about gun violence and the psyche of it. I've carried a gun illegally. Yeah. I've shot at niggas one time. I'm not a shooter. One time. Motherfuckers be like, that nigga ain't even put no work in. Yeah, I did not. I did not put work in because I was a diplomat. I shot right. at niggas one time and I was forced. I was like, oh shit, if I don't shoot, they're going to kill me. Like, But I'm not a shooter. Like, I never was a shooter. I was a street nigga, but everybody on the streets, like, I wanted to get dressed. Like, mesquite jeans was my favorite thing in the world. Right. Like, that, they were slim way before a lot of shit was slim. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, you get to the State of the Union, and it's like, I'm talking to policy with her, and literally, we're about to walk over to the State of the Union, and people are in her face giving her policies and, and shit like that, and like, you need to sign this letter, and you need to be, and I'm like, yo, y'all really work hard as shit yeah. down here. And it's like, you gotta realize, they for the entire United States. Like, you're a congresswoman for your district, but like, the stuff that you introduce applies to everybody. People in Guam, the Virgin Islands, Hawaii, Puerto Rico. Puerto yeah. Rico. Can you imagine trying to create a policy that makes sense in Philly and California? We can't even open a club in Philly the way they open clubs in <laughs> California. Like, 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 in Philly, we don't have a black. A, a strong, sustainable black middle class. This is what we always laugh about. It. Like, why, why Philly ain't got no good nightclubs? Because it's like, it's drug dealers and then it's niggas that work for SEPTA. Like, 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 and that's, that's one you. And like, yeah. I was talking to a guy in a poker room the other day, um, white dude. He does security. And he was saying how his cousin has a, a club. I forgot where he said it. It's in Jersey. But he was saying how 
the nights that he has to work the hardest are the best nights for his brother. Because he was like, the nights when you got like, he's like, I, it fucked up to say, man. But he was like, the white boys come, they they get like kettle one, you know what I'm saying? Maybe a couple shots, some beers. He's like, you know, when the when the brothers come, it's the hennies popping, and, you know. <laughs> but he's like, these are the nights that get crazy, and then Duh, you got to do the most. Duh. And I'm thinking about like, if you had a, a club, you want that traffic, because that's the bottles. That's yeah, how you going to sell mad liquor. Look, and, I, I want to open a nightclub. I want to open a lounge and a nightclub, and I got the capital. Like I got, and number one, do I have the capital? And I have one of the best marketers in the fucking in the fucking country in my fucking group message, and that's a boogie. A boogie markets himself as a DJ, but at yeah. this point, a boogie has become one of the best. A boogie say go there, motherfuckers go there. Like I used yeah. to be, motherfuckers call me like, "What's going on tonight?" Just because I went out. Now it's like nobody calls me anymore. They all call boogie. Right. What's going on tonight? And it's like. I looked up Noah, what is it, Noah Teppenberg, the owner of Tile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The owner of Tile. Like, they've created a world where it's like you get a, the entire experience. You come get dinner, and you ain't even got to leave the, the place where you got dinner. You just go, go downstairs door. to the basement yeah, or next, next, door, door, next door. Like, Tile <laughs> nightclubs and all that shit. And it's just like, yo, if I open a club, I'm like, mm, I'm not opening a club. Like, I don't want bottle service traffic. I don't want, yeah. and, and I know the thing is, I know I'm not going to make no money. Like, dog, when I worked at the DA's office, I was on an organized crime task force that was looking in, like, all of the strip clubs that was on, uh, on, 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 uh, Passion. Passion. Yeah. Oh, the amount of fucking mafia money that is in those fucking clubs, in the land, in the, in the junkyards, dog. Oh, yeah. But you get to, because, as you when listen, when I was a corporate lawyer, I represented like I literally investigated them as a DA and then represented them when you when you leave the DA's office, they immediately hire you. Yeah. Like, yo, I wanna hire you because I know you know the inside know the law. Yeah. Yeah, you know the but you also know what like what what's their issue? Like, why don't they like us? Like in the one case that I investigated, they was mad because the literally they was willing to kill a nigga that owned the club for not buying liquor from them. But they had infiltrated one of the uh, liquor control boards and they was sending in like literally this dude wouldn't buy liquor from a certain group and they literally had political power and they was forcing the liquor control board to go there like every night every night damn and banging them he was getting he was getting shut down he was getting l and i notices and it's like yo so then he hired me he like what's the problem I'm like nigga you gotta buy liquor from them and you gotta give donations to him and he's like really that's what they upset about i'm like dog i'm not telling you i know that i don't know because i just get i just get a fucking i'm like a dog somebody says sick them i'm a prosecutor they say sick them and i sick them right. but i'm telling you right now the niggas that hated on you was is very transparent. He's like, oh, all right, well, I'll start buying liquor from them. And literally, I was applying the same street logic I had. Like, you can keep buying liquor from your family. But, but just buy a little something from these motherfuckers. And act like you're getting it all from them. Yeah. Like, and that's the beauty of social media now, because you could just like niggas don't even want you to spend money with them. They just want to shout out. <laughs> like, yeah, I got all these, I got all these coronas from from fucking from from Al. From Santa Tucci from Al on, yeah, and, 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 yeah. and Al's like, that nigga got six thousand followers. That's my favorite person. It's like, nigga, he spent three dollars with you, you dickhead. <laughs> but like, no, like that's the crazy thing about being a lawyer is that you see this shit going on. Like every day is something new. Like, like Motherfuckers have tragedies happen on social media and they call me immediately and be like, yo, help. And it's like I get on the ground and get to get the medical records and the police reports and you reading through shit like like my man, my, my young boy got, died leaving a bar and it's like he was drunk and he crashed and he died and the family hired me to represent the family. So I start doing research on the business and f figuring out which bar owned it and then like next thing you know, like. I'm trying to find out who the owner of the bar is. I Google the person's name. Next thing you know, I'm on her Instagram page, and I know who she is because I'm a Philly nigga that I'm in the mix. And I'm yeah. like, damn, bitch, you got 
three million dollars worth of liens against your name, like, and you just all in people's business. It just gives you this like level of like, like you walk in a room and you know what everybody got going on. And it's like, that's the, like, people don't real. I don't post about the, my work. Like, right. I, I, like people don't like, that's the hard thing about being a, a lawyer is that you have to be, you have to have, you have to have discretion. Yes. And it's like, you got to be very, like, I've represented some crazy, like, people, the, my best clients never hit the news. Those are the ones that's the happiest. And trust me, they got, they were newsworthy. Like, I mean, and it's like, it's hard in this clout chasing era to have that level of discretion. Like, when, when, uh, I hate Aaron Hernandez's lawyer. I hate him. Dog, you see his Instagram page? He told me, but I never went to his Instagram. No, he's like, the, literally, every time anything happens with Aaron Hernandez, he's posting it. Like, you're raising your client's dramas into the fold. Like, like and so many people think, and you got to think about it, as a lawyer, most people that are clients, they want that type of scrutiny. Like, they want the media involved. They, But that shit comes both ways. Now yeah. they're looking in your life. So, like, a motherfucker called me, like, we should take this to the news. I'm like, no, we not. Right. <laughs> we don't take this to the news. We, no comment from me. Why? Because it's like, yo, that makes it harder for me to settle the case. It makes it harder for me to talk to the other side because I'm slamming them in the media. Like if, if the mayor, if the city of Philadelphia did something to you and I want the mayor to force them to pay money, I'm not going to go on the TV and talk shit to the mayor. I'm going to yeah. talk shit to the mayor in private. Like, nigga, if you don't give me this motherfucking money, it's going to be a motherfucking problem. Pulling the same Rothstein and shit. But the problem is, is like everybody's so accustomed to everything being on newspaper and being on Twitter and being on Instagram. I, I settled a case not settle. I won a case in December for $10 million. I posted about it and was like immediately regretted it because <laughs> fucking Mitch was like, that means you got $3 million. Like, like, I'm like, Mitch, you're trying to get me lined the fuck up. Like, no, I don't have $3 million because it wasn't my case. It was my firm's case. Yeah. But we won $10 million. This ain't no, I don't work at no law firm where like you get your, your back get hurt and you get like a $3,000 check from fucking Progressive. We hit, we hit heavy. Like my boss yeah. hit in for forty four million. When I remember when I had the situation when the cops came and cuffed me and shit, my homie, I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about. I like my homie was like, he's like, what happened? I explained the situation when they thought I stole the credit cards or whatever. He's like, oh, you need to sue him. I'm like, I don't even know because he's like, no, call Kev, you can sue him. And I'm like, Kev don't care about this shit. And then, but that, let me let me correct that though, real no, quick. No, but I actually remember we spoke, we spoke about it. yeah, and it was just like they didn't really move me, so it's like it's not really nothing that could happen. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you got detained and shit. Well, but it's like that's kind of how much they like, sort of like how when something happens on the timeline, the first thing is like, Carl, you need to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, be like, what the hell you want me to do in this situation? But no, it's just like so. One thing about me, a lot of people they don't. Uh, they they don't they don't fuck with they think like if it ain't my case I don't care right. me I'm different like you could call me when your mama die you can call I'm going to because we spoke about is, the whole expulsion shit like because because at the end of the day what I said earlier was for black lawyers I want everybody to be okay so I'm giving cases to other black lawyers like <laughs> so you call me and say yo I got this situation I'm gonna hook you up with a reputable black lawyer yeah. that's gonna show love and what I've learned is is like when people realize that there are like hundreds of black lawyers in Philadelphia, that's all that they be like, yo, these, these motherfuckers is really having fun. Like, and they just like us. So like, I'm real aggressive. Like you, you can call me for any case, but at the end of the day, it's you like, wanna send the, I'm going to send, send it to, the, to somebody that's going to get you the best representation in the city, dog. Yeah. And that's just like the way it is. But like, yo, I actually got a case I need to talk to you about when you're done here. Yeah. Hey, look, listen, I, listen. I, and the thing is, I'm literally like, at the point now where it's like, I'm just suing everybody. I've done, you have to. And, and I'm not you even, have to. Not, I'm about to sue my own insurance company. Somebody hit my, my BMW and like, 
First of all, I shouldn't be driving a BMW. I'm too rich. But <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I traded my Benz in and got a BMW. But I like 650s. They just look good. But at the end of the day. Oh, you got the hood way, nigga special? I got the hood the nigga. Yeah. Oh, you, you are playing games. He's yeah. playing games. Yeah. You know, every dope boy that got a $10,000 yeah. settlement got one of them. I need to see your business card now. I don't you know the man, truth You the probably got the M package and all yeah, that. Yeah, I got the M package, but the truth of the matter is, is that I still want recognition from hood bitches. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like so you either had to get the Grand Coupe or the, or the Hellcat. Or not, well, listen, listen, listen. Don't even get me. Don't don't say the word Hellcat around me, okay? Because Umi and all that shit that's going on, I'll be like, what the fuck is they doing over there? But no, like, I, on some shit, like, I, it, that's the crazy thing about having money is like people don't even realize like I'm, I'm into watches now and I'm not talking about like Rolexes I'm like trying to get a pan a Panama a Pamarai or a yeah. fucking Patek and like motherfuckers like you could walk in and motherfuckers don't even know what the money look like they don't yeah. even know what the money look like like my Jewish homies be like damn like like for me I'd be like I gotta get the bus down for the young bitch. I bitches. gotta get the bus down, for, and that's what my car is. My car is a bus down for the young bitch. They be like, "Girl, he got the he got the, he got he got the, the sun, what's the sunroof with the panoramic panoramic." Yeah. Like, they be like, "He got the panoramic sunroof." They all be posting videos in the passenger seat, and I be like, "Bitch, everybody know what two car this is." <laughs> hey, you gonna get me in trouble, bitch? Yeah, no. Nah, but really, me and Rob was talking about that shit because I had a situation maybe like a month ago where I was like really ready to like flip somebody upside down. Rob was just like, "Yo, sue him," and it's like. Yeah, like, it, and it's crazy because it's like, you know, we talked about it last week, like some settlement situation. It's just, it's wild how like you really look at that side of the world. They just sue, sue, sue. That's oh. what that's what Meek oh. Judge was on. Like, she would just there, sue there, anybody. There ain't no, there I ain't no. Comment. <laughs> I was her, I was her DA for yeah. a year. Like that's that's my homie. Yeah. Like, but there ain't no can't comment. There ain't no physical. Glad shit. Meek free. Put it like that. <laughs> yeah. There ain't no physical shit that pop off. It's just lawsuits. Yeah. But, and the crazy part, I was watching a joke the other day on a uh, American Greed. The they were business partners. They, oh. had, they had like a, a boat rental situation in Tallahassee, and this motherfucker wound up scamming his partner for I think it was like eight point three million or Holy something. Shit. So he and they they had the whole he was suing him. They say they had the court proceedings and this motherfucker suing his homie for eight million that he stole. Oh. He walked in the courtroom. Hello, uh, good morning, judge. And I'm just like the fact that you just that calm about the <laughs> so like remember, that shit I, is I, wild. I forget what it was. There was a there was a joint where niggas uh. Like, somebody sued somebody in court, like, 21 Savage or somebody. They was like, he a fucking snitch. He sued him civilly. And I'm like... Oh, Rocco sued... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Over, like, oh, and I'm like, what? Like, this is a civil suit. Like, nobody's going to jail. Like, yeah. I don't give a fuck. You put a statement out. Like, he took a deposition. Like, right. like, but no, what I was about to say was, is um, on that type of time, it's just so crazy how people resolve lawsuits so quickly, like... Throwaway money, like oh, they call it nuisance money. Yeah, Duh, like, so, what's like, his you name? Had the fun, uh, Creep Boy, um, Oprah Man. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's called nuisance money. money. Like, just yeah. give him a hundred grand. Yo, that shit's like, over there. Like, just give him a hundred grand, and you just Bitch like call, give her three hundred. And I'm just <laughs> like, I got myself. shit got a little yeah. different last night. Yeah, and I'm just like, yo, like that's so crazy because like I'm a lawyer, and like even when we got that ten million dollar verdict, first of all, just imagine standing in a courtroom. And they like, we award the plaintiff ten million dollars, and you're the lawyer, and you just know, like, you just like a nice chunk of this is trickling down to me, and you're just like, <laughs> we going to we going to Angel Mamas, like, like, like <laughs> we going like, to Sizzlers, like, we going to Sizzlers, <laughs> like, and it's just like that shit is in, like when you stand in because this judge it's really a judgment on you, like, yeah. you know what I mean, because you you tried the case, they had to trust you enough to give because the families. Are typically impoverished. Yeah. Even if they weren't poor before 
the incident. If if somebody cut your leg off tomorrow because they fucked up, you're going to become poor. Yeah. So like all of the judgments that come with somebody being poor are like exacerbating in the courtroom. People are like that's not how that's not how because the defendants, the insurance companies, and the hospitals and, and the and the people that did this shit. That's, that's not how somebody responds. Like look at how they responded. And I'm looking at him like yo, he responded to getting his leg cut off like a person that got his leg cut off. You know why? Because he got his fucking leg cut off. Right. Like, but then like it just validates you. Like we award the plaintiff. $10.3 million. And you're standing there like, and they're crying, and you're standing there, and you're just like, whoa, like, this is, like, and and for me, it's it's crazy because it's like, dog, my mom passed away from fucking HIV. My dad died from cancer before he turned, like, both my parents died at 49 years old. That's wild. So, I'm standing there like as a nigga that like, is this all going to work out? Like when I was going to law school and trying to figure all this shit out, I'm like, I don't know. Like, am I ever going to be able to do this? Like you don't know. And it's just like, then they just be like, we award the plane of $10.3 million. And I'm standing there like, Y'all niggas ain't never seen a nigga act. <laughs> but it's validating. It's like, it valid- it's like damn, it validates your whole journey. I've fucking been doing this and trying to do this shit for years, and now it's fucking happening. And I'm 34 years old. Yeah. Like, like I got a, I got lawyers retire at 70. I got 35 more years. Yeah. I'm gonna be a lawyer you, longer. You're than not I even was. in your financial earning prime. You at the. You're at the. You're just breaking the ice on it, and that's actually what frustrates me so much because basketball players have like this huge earning prime in the beginning, and I'm just like, I want to fuck them bitches too. <laughs> like, 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 I'm so upset. Like, but but you know, like, dog, lawyer, There's a law firm in Philly where the lawyers make an average of three million dollars a year Holy in profit. Shit. Like that's how much they make. And you think about that shit. Like a twenty year. Would you take like niggas like young boys in the streets that's listening to this podcast right now, y'all? think like oh shit I'm gonna go to the league if you want to play football this especially applies to you like dog your NFL contract don't sound shit like the law firms that's paying three million dollars a year and you work there for 40 years yeah and that's the average pay over like when the average NFL career is six years so dog just think about having a 35 year career at three million dollars a year. Like you start off, mil. you start off making one hundred thousand, and when you first become a partner, you might make a half a mil. But when you at the top of your earning potential, if the average is three million, that means it's somebody in that room making twenty a million a year. Yeah, and there's a couple people making six, and <laughs> like so, your average earnings is like crazy, and that's like the normal, like the the highest law firm in, in America that pays profits per partner, and these is corporate law firms. I do plaintiffs work. Plaintiffs work is even more stupid. The nigga that the, it's a nigga that own a sports team. First of all. First of all, Donald Sterling did the low rate work of what I do. Like he did the corny shit. Yeah. And he ended up owning the Clippers. So his his original job was a plaintiff's lawyer. He mm-hmm. does what I do, yeah. but at a poor rate. Like he was a corny lawyer, yeah. like compared to what I do. And then you there's a dude that worked for a law firm. He hit Tyco for four billion dollars on one fuck. case. My man just accepted a job. At a firm in Philly called Klein Inspector, they hit Johnson and Johnson for eight billion dollars yeah, a couple of months, a couple of weeks ago. Like, and he works for that law firm. If they get ten percent of eight billion dollars, eight hundred million, it's eight hundred million. If he gets ten percent of it, like, and he, my my homie that grew up on Fifty Second and fucking uh, 
was before Pine and after Larchwood. <laughs> like, Locus? No, before Pine. It's one of the little blocks right next to fucking Huey. Irving. One of them. Irving. Osage is further down. No, it, it, I think it's Alec. I don't know what the fuck it One is. One of them blocks. One of them blocks. He works for a law firm that hit for $8 billion the other day. Like, they have a law school named at the owner of the law firm. He grew up the same way I did. My boss hitting for $44 million. My boss hit for $100 million once before. Like, and if now you know law firms charge you forty percent of whatever you get. Yeah, so yeah. but at the end of the day, thirty three if they being generous. If they being gen well, the thing is is that they give thirty three to like if it's a law if it's a car accident, it don't take no money to investigate a car accident. I send a letter to the fucking insurance company, <laughs> they send a check back. For a medical malpractice case, dog, it's cases that I investigate where I spend my law firm's money. I spend a hundred thousand dollars on my law firm's money before I even make a decision as whether or not I'm gonna sue. And then I'll be like Oh, we're gonna eat this hundred dollars because we're not gonna suit hundred thousand. Because it's not enough meat on the bone to pursue it. And we chalk it. Like just I'll be looking at my bosses like, y'all just gonna chalk this hundred thousand dollars? They'd be like, yeah. I'll be like, man, fuck that. Like, we're gonna, like <laughs> I can but, use that. No, but when you start when you work somewhere and that's the norm. Yeah. That's crazy. All it's right. fucking nuts. I know we finished. We yeah, wrapping we, up. We got about 60 seconds. Uh any parting shots you wanna give to the young young, dumb, impressionable out there that might be going on the wrong path that can overcome their circumstances? My, my connect, and I mean it like this, like my, my connect when I was in school, this nigga that I literally like to give me all the work, he got a master's degree off of what he saw me doing. He was like, look, dog, I ain't think this school shit was for me. And then I started going to school and that's where all the bitches at. Like, that's where, <laughs> like, dog. Crack the code. Dog, everything that you... All the clout you searching for in the streets is at school, is at college. Like rappers, if you're looking for a collective group of 18 to 24 year olds that you want to market your music to and it's going to promote it to it's the world, college. it's at college. College literally is an incubator for greatness. Even if you don't care about graduating, your roommate is going to be from a family that Produced a nigga that went to college. Like I had a homie that went to Penn undergrad. His his man was fucking Tele, the owner of Telemundo's daughter. Like Damn. he was a hood nigga, fucking a billionaire's daughter. And you're not going to find that. Yeah, you're not gonna find that cultural blend anywhere else. at Noto. Like, <laughs> like 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 you're not gonna be at Noto. Like oh, I just ran into the baddest bitch in my life. No, but you'll find that shit randomly at Penn State. Yeah. So like dog. The school shit, I know that shit sound like a scam, but dog, the reason why niggas love Kwa that just passed away, I met Kwa 16 years ago at a fucking Penn State party, and I was just happy he was with some badass bitches, and he was like, he put me on him just on the, on because he was thorough. Like, he didn't hate yeah. He just put me on him. That shit created a connection for Kwa that made him a legendary. Nigga, he passed away, and he got nip-type love. So it's like, for young boys that's listening and don't understand, young girls that's listening and don't understand, like, yo, it's not, like, that's the best, like, you, you will, you will not go to college and spend the rest of your life trying to find that network when it's right there. All it's you gotta right do is go to college. Like, you don't yeah. even have to fucking graduate. All you gotta do is go, and you automatically are, like, inducted in this, like, class of like greats so like for for me it's like yo that shit changed my entire life perspective i'm the reason i'm a good lawyer is because i was a good hustler i'm a good street nigga i'm a street nigga with a law license and i literally just took all of this shit i learned on the streets all of this shit i learned about the fact that like you could you could you could you could bag a seven up to four hundred dollars worth of crack but you could also buy a bird and cook it 
and add like a bunch of anisetol and like literally you be you triple your money if you sell work that you bought as a brick and you cooked and and sell it as in bagged up form. Right. Learning that is the same thing that Amazon learned. Like Amazon was like, you know what? We could we we could just cut out all these people. Like I don't need to buy cooked work. Yeah, like, I can Am- go straight to the source and cook my own work. Amazon realized they don't have to sell cooked work. Yeah, you know I mean, so I learned I apply that to practicing law. And if you think that you don't fit in, I'm telling you right now, you do. I had a homie, and I'll close on this. I had a homie one day. I was like, yo, it's my birthday. We going out. He's like, all right. So we get in the car. We drive downtown. We get outside Del Frisco's. He's like, man, I got a T-shirt on. I can't go in here. This shit fancy. We go inside. I'm like, come on, bring your ghetto ass in Del Frisco. You go inside. It's like 75 dirty niggas inside Del Frisco's. <laughs> and he literally started cutting his stick. He was like, it's dirty niggas in here. Like, <laughs> like dog, we are welcome everywhere. And people, and literally in this climate, they fucking love us. Yeah, like they, they clout chase. They, they thought I joined my fraternity. And they like you got shot and shot niggas. Oh, this the this this the poster child. Realest nigga in the room. This the realest child in the room. Like they really wanted me to be like the poster child. Like nigga, if you act because they all fighting with the cues and everybody keep calling the alphas gay. They're like, but he's a killer. And I'm like, no, dog. Like, listen, you gotta take pride in making money. Yeah. At the end of the day, so you know, that's what it is. I'm niggas. The geek about being a gangster lawyer is hilarious because it's like dog. That's literally what it is. Like, yeah. I, the, and the thing is, is like the other side, the white folks, they been applying the same shit that we've been applying in the streets to the to the market, to the real, to like the to like the commerce, to the business side, yeah. the entire time. They act the same way we do. They just as cutthroat, but we think that shit that shit not for us. Right, and it's it's for them. So why it's not for us? Why can't it be for us, man? Our, this is our best guest we ever had, man. Holy yeah, shit. Cause, I, like, cause, I wanted to start a podcast. I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to be the third on TRP. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, real shit, man. We got to have you back because there's so many more yeah, it's little aspects and, and little uh, pockets and stuff that when are I was old shows, to, I was listening man. to Jamel episode, and I was like, damn, I wish I was there for that because I was like, I know about fucking private equity because I've represented those companies and yeah. learned their business model. I was listening to y'all, we y'all talking about Gail King and Kobe. Like, I've been a rape prosecutor, so I know what a, a negative rape kit means. You gotta be our legal expert. Yeah, really. TRP yeah, legal expert. We gotta have to start calling you every day. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's have our resident like, expert. Yo, you, you at Del Frisco's? All right, cool. Can you talk? Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's like, and I'll be listening to dog. I'm a big fan of the podcast. Man, man. we appreciate like, like, it, bro. I'm a big Thank fan. You. Like, y'all, like, I'm gonna put people on and like, they be listening. Like, oh, these niggas really smart. And I'm like, nigga, what you, you expected this to be some nigga shit yeah. like, like people hear like two black men it's called the realest podcast ever and they fully expect it to be like some a, nigga shit I had shit. a chick the other day tell me she was like oh y'all smart and I'm like yeah I mean, that's, the f- that's the gag yeah <laughs> like, it, it, but that's the world like they yeah. really expect us to be on here like talking about like yeah and then and like like you know nook, I shot the nigga. Nook, nook, yeah. nook nook from 20th street raped the bitch last night yeah. but I don't believe he did it like they, 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 they don't understand it like yeah. I'm a big fan like it, it, it dominates my fucking timeline like every time I'm driving Cause I drive all across the state representing yeah. people, and like every time I drive, I, and then the, the crazy thing was is like my young boys from 58th Street is real cool with your folks from Southwest because yeah. they got related, and they be like, yo, they mentioned you on TRP, they mentioned you on TRPE, and I'm like, 
I've never listened. But it was like, because somebody says something, like, I heard he didn't really put in work one time, and niggas was like heated. They called me like, yo, nigga on TRP said you're really not a gangster. And I'm and like, I'm, I'm not a shooter, but I've <laughs> shot a nigga once, maybe. Uh, but, like, like, I'm not, I don't take pride in that nigga call me not a shooter. I'm happy, like, because right. I'm not. But it's like, niggas kept mentioning that shit. Like, dog, when y'all mentioned me at y'all live show, they're like, where Lawyer Kev at? Five chicks text me like they just mentioned you at the show. Why you not here? And I'm like, yo, that shit is an honor. Like, yeah. cause it's the hottest podcast in the I city. Wish, I wish I had some groupies. <laughs> <laughs> this shit is crazy. Like, so they they people hit me up every time y'all mention me on here. And for years y'all would mention me, and it would be like, but I was just listening. Thought, you know, how when you listen to a podcast and the shit. After you get done listening, they go back to the last episode you ain't listened to. Yeah. I was on like episode like thirteen. So you had to go all the way back. No, it just it just, it just auto okay. auto played, and it was the time that we was talking about the Gucci boycott with okay. Ti, and y'all was talking about me on that joint. I'm just like, how random is it that like I went from episode one hundred to like episode seventy three, and I got mentioned again, and I'm yeah. like, I fucks with these niggas, like I really do. I mean, no, like, I mean, I mean you're yeah. a, you're a staple of Philly culture. We're collect as a collective a staple of Philly. It's just some certain people are just bound to intertwine in the inner. And to be connected, it's just it's Philly. Like, and it's crazy because it's, it's like it I know we, I know Taylor looking at us he like, like Nigga, come on, y'all fucking oh, need like... to be done. <laughs> but like at the end of the day, the funny thing is, is like we, when you think about how big the world is, we really all from the same fucking neighborhood yeah, for yeah. real. I'm 58th Street. You from Penrose? You from Southwest? Like we went to high school together at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean, like I remember you running around. Your, your, your man broke his leg playing football. Had the, the jaw cut out. Like I mean, like we all went to high school together. Yeah. So it's like crazy. Like niggas don't realize how small the world is because we kind of get into that Philly, you know, D-list celebrity attitude. Mm -hmm. Like you know, Philly is a city. It's a D-list. Everybody's city. VIP. It's yeah. a, how you an A-list celebrity in a D-list city? <laughs> like, yeah. but yeah, I mean that's that. But like, so of course I'm a clout chase at the end. Give everybody um, your contact. Yeah, exactly. My <laughs> khj.esq. So Kevin Harden Jr. Esquire. My Instagram is khj.esq. Um, you can look. You can Google me. Kevin Harden Jr. and then all the law firm shit and all the legendary shit will pop up. The ten million dollars, the twenty million dollars, the thirty million dollars settlements and all that shit. Just, life is fucking good, and I'm spending it with the fucking TRP niggas on the hundredth anniversary, hundredth episode anniversary. So. Yeah, I, I was I had brought up that we should do like a um, TRP, TRP All Stars and have like our favorite guests pick up. Chad was like, Yeah, no, nah. no, nah, I got something better. Than yeah, yeah, and yeah. then we mentioned you. I'm like, Oh no, yeah, definitely have Kev come up, and then you know after the whole stupid yeah, reunion. I ran to him at some. We had to sign a non-disclosure agreement yeah, for, the party, some, some for the party we went to. <laughs> y'all, y'all regular Philly people wasn't invited, but we was there. That was a good job. That was a good job. I ran into some old work. Then my baby mom broke up with me, so it is what it is. He was in there telling me, and my baby mom broke up with me because the nigga was hating on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I mean. So that's it. You know what I mean, celebrating these dudes. We man. definitely going to start having you back, man. As a you know, as a regular guest, man. Yeah, when we, when we do another welcome. show, when we have Carl. You got to introduce me to Carl. I saw Carl at a Chick-fil-A and didn't speak because I wasn't sure if it was him. But then yeah. I realized after the fact, and I was like, saw it. I was like, damn, now I like a fucking You know what's head. funny? Before we go, remember last week when Kendall mentioned Carl finally putting the knife up? <laughs> the, um, <laughs> fucking Carl yesterday was, because I, I was like, I was going off about So, like, Carl, if you listen to dog, I saw you at Chick-fil-A that day. I meant to speak because you a big supporter of Keir Gray at the Defender Association. So, my apologies. I realized it was you after the fact. I was like, who the fuck is this nigga looking at me? Did I lock him up? Like, <laughs> did I lock him but up? But today on Twitter, I was like, uh, something I was like, niggas is ridiculous when it comes to their baby moms and the way they act with their kids or whatever. Yeah. So, Carl was like... 
this tweet is clear that you sick of taking care of your side chick son. <laughs> Some shit. So I, I tweeted, I'm like, Carl and Chance the Rapper are the same person. Oh, shit. So Carl came, he like posted a clip of Rambo tucking his knife. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop laughing off of that. Yo, yo, yo y'all, got the, y'all got the most colorful group of fucking friends in the yeah, world, it's dog. It's crazy, man. But yeah, no, we'll set something no, up real shit, everybody put, come put, back put, up here. Put me on the episode. We'll and, and, put you in the rotation, yeah, bro. And, and, and add the ball from Mad Max. We can both be. Yo. <laughs> we That's done? a whole long story. We done. We, we done. out. Peace. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.